Backlog. Well, it wouldn't be the Backlog podcast without somebody running late. True facts. True indeed. Um, I mean, the Backlog podcast. I mean, we're backlogged. That's that's really what it is, you know. Yeah, we got a lot, uh, of, a lot of shit to do. <laughs> facts. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, so, uh, this week it is, let me turn off the multiple audio sources I have going on right now. Uh, this week it's, uh, me, uh, August, and, uh, of course the backlog himself, uh, Matt Man. Uh, Quintessence had some last minute stuff he had to do. That's cool, you know, that's why it's great having a podcast with three people, because if one person's got to do something, um, you know, uh, they can sub out and the other two people can tag in. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so, uh, getting, uh, right into things. Uh, how was your week? Uh, my week was, it was all right. It, you know, um, so for me, I started this new job and since then, uh, my sleep has been a little bit all over the place. I've been working graveyard shift. And. I I realized that, like. I have not been able to get a regular schedule yet. Regular sleep schedule or regular work schedule? Regular sleep schedule. Gotcha. Either yep. I am sleeping too much, too little. Uh, I'm going to bed like before I have to go to work sometimes like you know uh, I I wanted to be able to start going to the gym that hasn't started yet and I have not I have yet to be able to stream uh, regularly I mean I think that's that's I I think part of that comes with just having a new schedule though because like when Usually, most people, um, at least certainly in America, but most people anyway, uh, their their schedule revolves around their job. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's when they have to be most focused. That's when they have to be most awake. Um, so, I mean, in terms of kind of the orbit, it's it's the sleep that has to catch up. It's the sleep that has to kind of slot in there afterwards. So, I mean, mm-hmm. to me, it just sounds like you haven't found kind of that new schedule yet. Um, and sometimes it takes an adjustment. I mean, just like jet lag or anything else, you know, especially if it was radically different than what you had before. Yeah. Um, sometimes that, that, that takes an adjustment. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, I think obviously this is, is a big, big part of it, but like, I, I'm always just really annoyed when I can't follow a schedule. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I can completely understand that because I mean, it, it's it decreases the ability for you to to set control on your life, and as well as you know, set goals and accomplish goals and get the things you want to done. I yeah. totally understand that. Yeah, I'm one of those people that I wish I could never sleep, but then if I never if I never slept, I would still procrastinate into the time I was sleeping anyway. So I mean, <laughs> there's there's other issues at play there. Yeah. Um, but. No, um, I think it's kind of important to understand that, you know, um, it's, it's kind of that two way street as to like, you know, uh, you want your body to naturally kind of fall back into it, but you also have to kind of build those times into your schedule. 
Um, and a little bit of that is the the discipline angle. I know for me, certainly, um, the more I get older, the more I realize that I, I need to, you know, it's the, the ancient, <laughs> maybe slightly racist meme of like, you lack discipline. Like, oh you know, I, I kind of do <laughs> when it comes to sleep. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, dude, me- memes kind of used to be racist back in the day. I mean, it was a little like, uh, they're spicier than they need to be. I mean, it was accepted, but it, I mean, it wasn't really, it shouldn't have been. But um, yeah, no, I mean, back on topic. Uh, yeah. Like, getting sleep is important. And sometimes, you know, as much as you want to stay up, as much as you want to enjoy yourself, as much as you want to do anything else than go to sleep, you have to force yourself to sleep. Because it's the only way, not only you're going to be productive the next day, but it's the only way your body is going to actually, you know, stay sane the next day. Like, I tried working a graveyard shift job once. And I can do late. I can do, like, second shift. I can do second and a half shift. Like, my first job gets out... My current job now gets out roughly at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. I can't do third shift. Or at least the time the, the time in my life earlier when I tried working third shift, it just didn't work out. Um, yeah. I I wasn't getting enough sleep uh, based on my current schedule, and I had to quit the job. Because my, my, my life was falling apart based on not getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I mean, sometimes you just have to, you have to, you have to set your own limits and be like, this is when I'm going to bed. Even if it's only for four hours, even if it's only for two hours, I'm going to try to sleep. Um, I'm going to practice good sleep hygiene. I'm going to like put the phone down, turn the lights off. Like, you know, maybe like no blue light before bed, no phone, like, you know, before bed, you know, set them, set some mood music, set some sexy sleepy time music, whatever you need to do. Sexy sleepy time um, music. Yeah, sometimes it's all about, you know, making making sleep happen. You know, you can't you can't just let it happen on its own. Sometimes you got to you got to force yourself into it. I I will say that okay, so I got to work this morning at 7:30 a.m. and I went home. Yep. And for the first I, time in I a, can do it. Yep. <laughs> for the first time in a long time, I was actually able to fall asleep. Hey. Um but I slept for like five hours, and five, five uh, hours better than no hours. Right, yeah, which is why, like, right now I'm like I'm tired, and I'm like, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should do the podcast tomorrow, and obviously that wasn't gonna work out. So, um, I, I'm struggling right now a little bit. Like, my body wants to go back to sleep, but I'm just holding on, like. I think the other thing, too, is I have to, even on my days off, I have to wake up, not wake up, but I have to sleep like I was working. So my goal would be to stay up till seven. I'm sorry, I'm confused by that statement. You had to sleep like you were working or you had to sleep? Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah. So like you had to make sleep like a job? Like what, what you, like, how, what, how are you saying? So you know how you were saying my goal usually is to sleep from 9 to 5 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. get 8 hours of sleep so i'm like right now i'm not going to be able to go to bed until 9 p.m. tomorrow i suppose that's like what i'm trying to say is i'm going to have to i'm going to have to stay up i'm going to have to force it And and you know. So why why would you have to force it? Like, does your body not respond well to sleeping in small shifts, or like 
do you think like are are you you're trying to like kind of like go cold turkey until you can get a sleep schedule? Is that kind of what you're trying to say? Yeah, because uh, okay. I mean, like the problem is, is once I miss that window of like nine to five, if I go to bed now, I'm going to sleep for like another like 10 hours or something. True. I got you. I'll wake up I mean, tomorrow you, you, morning. Yeah. Okay. Which is not not what your goal is because you got no. work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. No, I, I get that. And like, as I said, I've definitely kind of made the mistake of, you know, taking a nap immediately before work. Um, and because, you know, the nap was, an, it wasn't a nap. It was like a two hour sleep before I work. I go into work more tired than I would have been if I would have taken like a 20 minute, you know, siesta versus an actual like power, power nap. Um, I've, I've definitely made the mistake of, of tricking my body into thinking I would have some time to sleep. And then I had to go to work and I was even more tired than I would have been if I had just taken like a one hour Mm. or even less you know what i mean so yeah it is a balance um i can see it as i said i to me that's the importance of like alarms um and of kind of you know finding finding a good rhythm but yeah i totally see what you're saying there yeah yeah i got this um sleep is sleep is important man i I think i think uh you know i i don't know if we'll ever truly understand you know why the the body evolved to sleep other than that it's important um but i mean that's that's where all the the bad gunk gets cleared out of your brain uh chemically um i think you know in terms of computers i think that's also the 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 time in which your computer your brain does like a defrag Mm -hmm. where it clears up all kind of the, the temporary files that it doesn't need um and you know saves the actual important stuff you know it clears it sorts the trash from the uh the non trash and uh yeah it's wholly a recuperative process so i mean sleep is important um i kind of wish it were valued more in society but i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of good health things in society i don't think we 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 place enough value on until later um you know it's it's worth noting that uh not only has the u.s (laughs) uh used sleep deprivation as a form of torture just deprivation in and of itself um, as a form of torture yep. uh, because it, it is that bad for your body but it's also uh one of the the few contests um that the guinness book of world record has pulled out of uh the ability to uh apply for or shoot for because uh the effects of uh not getting sleep on your body will not entirely understood are just so damaging to your mind mm-hmm. and your psyche and the rest of you that they 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 don't want to put that through you. It's like not not getting enough sleep is just bad. It's bad. Yeah. Um and as as a society, you know, uh I definitely think, you know, <laughs> we teach kids to eat uh their vegetables. We we might even give them the why that they need to eat eat their vegetables. I don't know if we ever give the kids the why of sleeping. We just give them bedtimes. Um and I think if we started giving them the why that it's like, bruh, like yeah, <laughs> you could hurt yourself by not sleeping, you know? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't think it yeah. helps too that, uh, I think sleeping is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. It, it's one of those things because it's, I mean, it's like eating junk food. It feels so good to get a nice sleep, um, that sometimes you end up overindulging it. And that's, that's the point where it has diminishing returns because, you know, just like too much sugar, um, too much sleep can actually start to become bad for you. Uh, you're not moving enough. Um, your brain's not active enough. 
Uh, there's a lot of other things I could talk about. You're, if, if, if you're sleeping all the time, you're not probably making any progress on your, your awake or life goals. Yes. Um, yeah, that's so, a big one. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a thing. Uh, it's, it's you know, a lot of therapists would say, you know, sleep can be used as, as a defense or escapist mechanism, which is mm-hmm. a perfectly true thing and something you have to watch out for. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a balance. There's a balance to everything. Um, like, I, th- I think the thing is, is like, I might, for me, I might sleep at one day, I'll sleep like four hours. And then the next day I'll sleep like 14 and, you know, like I I've slept for entire days before or even like, yeah. like called out of work for it. Yeah. Which is not well. I mean, it's that's not great, but I mean, it depends. Like if if you know what I mean. If you're actively going to hurt yourself at work because you're too tired, um, and it's not a habit, then every once in a while, okay. But yeah, if you're take if you're calling out of work just because you want to stay in bed, then yeah, I mean, maybe there's some other issues going on there, and you know, that's something to work on. Yeah. Uh, no. No. I think it's it's yeah. um it's really just being like how I've always kind of. Yeah. Slept and I've never been able to ever have a normal sleep schedule in my well, I mean, entire life. So to me, that's why I love alarms. Because yes, like I'm one of those terrible human beings that sets three just to make sure they get themselves up. But I love the utility of just being able to have something that just like will wake you up. You can pick a t- pick an amount of time you want to sleep and it'll wake you up. Um, you yeah. have to be a. You have to be a. You know. You have to put your big boy pants on once the alarm goes off and actually get up out of bed. But I love that it, the ability to do that. Um. So yeah. I mean, maybe maybe get an alarm that you like, or you know, or start scheduling, you know, the sleep shifts that you want to sleep that will be most efficient to you. Like I'm one of those people that can that can function on six. If you can function on six, maybe you want to start adding for like six some days that you don't have time to get more. Uh, maybe you want to, you know, as I said, try try to play around with it. You know, try to try to. I mean, s- some people actually like go, you know, the full, uh, the full like you know organization science it up where they actually have like sleep journals or sleep trackers or like they actually plot out how much sleep they want to get every day. Yeah. Um. So maybe something like that would work best for you. But I mean, you know, that's not a bad uh, idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's whole schools of, you know, trying to optimize and improve, you know, sleep um, and the, the efficiency of sleep and how much usefulness, useful it is to you. Uh, so, yeah, maybe I'd, I'd recommend, like, at least if not getting one of those, like, you know, sleep tracking smartwatches than actually, like, writing up, like, a sleep journal, or, like, a sleep goal amount where, like, this is your goal amount for how much you want to sleep every day and, and go from there. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's not a bad idea, and I, I, I just, like, I'm the type of person where, like, I might sleep four to six hours, and then the next couple of days, that's when I really, it starts to hurt me. Yeah. Like, it won't yeah, hurt well, me that first day, but it'll hurt me, like, the day after. Yep, and that's usually how it is, you know, it, it comes, the revenge comes quickly, <laughs> it's usually the next day. I definitely find that on days that I've only gotten like three or four hours of sleep, then that that that's not the day in the day, but that same next night. I'm yeah. Hurting. Um, and but I'm like the type of person where like 
I'll be like if I if I don't sleep enough, I'll be at work and I'll be like, where can I like nap when I have a break? You know? Yeah, yeah. I've definitely there's been days where I've been a walking corpse. Uh, there's been days where I had to slang like five energy drinks just to get through my shift. Oh yeah, that's uh, which, that... which which can't be healthy either. Yeah, no, that's a terrible um, idea. But I mean, you know. <laughs> sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to get through but that 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 is not an excuse for it you know at the end of the day i should have changed something up by getting the sleep i actually needed so um yeah i mean it, sleep is important it is it is like anything else like food um like exercise uh like fitness like anything else it is a resource that you can use uh, to propel you through situations. And if you're not getting enough of that sleep, you're not using your resources correctly or setting aside enough of the resource of having been slept or having slept to, you know, function. Yep. Uh, and so that that's the thing is my plan is usually, all right, I'm a, I'm going to go, I'm going to be Sleeping by, I get out of work at 7.30, I get home by like 8, I'll be in bed for like maybe an hour trying to get some sleep, and then, you know, by 9, I'll be sleeping. Uh, yeah. Which is like, that sounds reasonable, right? That's... Yeah. Uh, and then, usually what happens is then I'm either... I'm usually up till like 12. And... Or, what was the goal? 9 a.m. Yeah. No, what was what was the goal to go to bed by? You're you're up. So, oh, so the goal was to go to bed by 9 and you're up till 12. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, bruh, I mean, some of that some of that is just, you know, again, it's it's to me as I said, uh, you know, I've talked with other friends about like sleep hygiene mm-hmm. and some of it is it is the sleep hygiene of like, you know, what is keeping you up? If if you're on your phone, if you're on your computer, then yeah, you gotta you gotta close them up, bro. <laughs> you gotta you gotta give yourself a chance. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't want to make the the comparison, uh, but I mean, you know, w- when you hear the stories of like, you know, uh, junkies trying to get clean, or uh, I'm not, I don't want to call them junkies, but anyone who's addicted to a substance trying to get clean. Yeah. I mean, one of the first steps they have to take is, you know, getting all of that substance out of their house. <laughs> and if you if you keep yourself a small rainy day stash, um that's, you know, you 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 you're cutting yourself down before you even gave yourself a chance. And the only reason I bring that example up because it pops in my mind is because I was watching Euphoria. Uh so maybe I <laughs> stuff on Euphoria, but I mean, it's a similar idea. Like it's it's you know, if if it is if it is something that is kind of an interest, I'm not going to call it an addiction, but it's getting away in your sleep. And I mean, you know, to practice good hygiene, sometimes it's like, you know, maybe like, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes before you go to sleep, maybe even an hour, no laptop. Um, what I try to do now is like, as soon as I get out of work, 15 to 30 minutes on my phone, and then the phone goes off. Sometimes even less if I'm, if I really need to wake up the next day. But like, I really try to cut it to under an hour on my phone because once it gets past an hour, who knows what will happen? It might be five hours later. Cause I'll get, I'll get in like the longer I'm on my computer, the more I'm going to find something new and interesting to do. Uh, because in the information age we live in, there's always something new and interesting to do. If you, if you dig deep enough, there's always going to be an entertainment thing you can find to do. Right. Uh, so I mean, you kind of have to just, you just have to kind of, you know, 
yeah, I don't know if you've seen that like 1980s movie like War Games, but I mean, it, you know, it's the, the quote of the movie. Like the only the only way to win is not to play. Like you can't you can't play that game. You just kind of have to zen out of it and just be like, no, I'm closing the laptop and I'm going to sleep. Are, are you uh, are, are you saying so? Yeah, no, I get you. It, discipline is definitely a lifelong struggle for me. So, but I mean, it's not even just. I, it's more than just that. It's that, you know, like set yourself up for success. And yep. that one of those, one of those is like, you know, being able to just, you know, put, put down the thing that's impeding the thing that you really want. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the other thing I've had to do is like cut back on caffeine and uh, <laughs> like, I got to be careful about that because like, I, I didn't realize how, if I drink a lit like more caffeine, like if I have two energy drinks, then I'm usually wired for like two days or something. And um, so I got to chill. I've been chilling on those. And what else? Uh, oh, but I mean, other other than like the whole sleep thing, I've been looking into going to a new gym that's uh, right out like it's right next to the place I work. And awesome actually yeah so so the idea is on the days that i'm not streaming uh like three days a week i'm gonna get out of work and then head over to the gym uh and just you know get my workout in first thing in the morning and then go home go to sleep wake up you know whatever and then uh I'm hoping to start streaming before I go to work, which is why I haven't been streaming because I just sleep through that time altogether. Um, I think it would be easier if I honestly just streamed after I got out of work. Uh, But that's like me streaming at like 8 a.m. Yeah, no, I mean, that's I don't agree with that either, because I think most of the people that are going to actually yeah so obviously your stream schedule is up to you but i think most of your potential viewers are going to be at night uh plus i mean i think we just talked about it like i feel like the best time for you would be to just get sleep at that period um because even if you wake up and you know it'll say what time do you get out seven seven thirty yeah yeah so you go to bed by eight or nine sleep till let's call it uh, seven, eight, eight to nine, out of ten, ten, eleven, over twelve, twelve to one. Sleep till about one. Um, then you have like all mid afternoon to stream, which a lot of people actually have that time because they're just getting out of work and getting yeah. home uh, to watch your content. So, I mean, I I think you know later hours is definitely a lot better for content if you're trying to make content, uh, particularly for you know uh kind of people of that adult or like at least the you know 20 to you know you know uh late later 30s kind of age bracket but you know i mean as i said i i think the best bet for you would be as i said like set some mood music try to get yourself to sleep and Mm -hmm. then wake up and feel refreshed um you know a lot of my colleagues that also work kind of like second and a half shift with me um their favorite thing about working the late shift is the fact that you know they don't have to wake up in the morning bright and early uh you know and crusty for an alarm you know what i mean they can they can sleep almost as long as they want um and still wake up and have day left um and even for someone who works third shift i mean even if you sleep like six or seven hours you wake up it's still two o'clock i mean in most states that's still daylight left you know what i mean yeah 
Um, but I mean, other than other than the whole, yeah, definitely setting the alarm thing. Uh, but other than that, you know, find it, trying to find like a, a gym that I want to go to, because I mean, I, finding a new gym, I think is important sometimes because I the gym I go to now, I'm, I've just kind of I think I'm starting to get bored of it. What 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 kind of what kind of gym is it? Is it like an exercise gym? Is it a like you MMA gym? I uh, guess I'm not really understanding why, but you're used to the word gym here because uh, so, I know you both. So so like just weightlifting and uh, you know like just regular old standard gym. Uh, the place I'm going to right now is like a Planet Fitness kind of. It's the Snap Fitness. Um, yep. It's like right down the street from my house, and it's 24 hour. Uh, the new place is also going to be 24 hour, but it has more machines and stuff like it has. It has like actually free weights. Barbell stuff. Um, I can deadlift there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it has like deadlift platforms and stuff. Um, whereas like I'm thinking that, you know, going to the other place, I was like, I think I'm starting to get bored doing the same equipment over and over again. Yeah. Um. And then, you need to change it up, yeah. you know, I, I get that, yeah. Um, not to mention, uh, I think the only other thing is that I've been working on doing a lot of editing and uh, working on social media. TikTok's been going pretty well. We just hit, just hit like 500 followers, 5,000 followers on TikTok. Nice. And, and we just hit, I think, I think I said this last week, but we hit 400 subscribers on youtube nice. uh everything else is kind of well yeah kind of suffering but it it is what it is um one of those things where like you know i i think i getting better at producing content takes time and yes. i mean I, I wouldn't say so much as suffering is that you know i think we have we've hit we haven't hit that next you know evolution in our content to get to get the more growth we're looking for. I think we'll hit it eventually. Yeah. I just think it's going to take time. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yeah. You know. the, the, I mean, I will say that like, I've been working on making other videos and, and things that are like a little bit more, uh, intricate than what I've made before. Yeah. And, uh, I'm enjoying that, but I mean, I've, I've been trying to like, keep my content down to like 30 to 40 seconds. Because and that's, I mean, said so that's really going to grow your TikTok. I mean, if if you're looking to grow your TikTok audience, that's perfect for them. Well, well, I mean, uh, it, even for YouTube though, with their with the YouTube Shorts, the thing is, is that the, they give you like a minute at max to be able to put, like post things. But that's how I've actually grown the YouTube quite a bit, is through that. Nice. Um and. And the thing is that, like, as a smaller YouTuber, like, not being in there during that legacy time of, like, you know, growth or whatever, it's really difficult to grow right now on YouTube. Um, exp you know, because it's hard to get eyes on your content. Yeah, no, I, I kind of wish that, like, discoverability was treated as a bigger factor in a lot of these content networks like it would be cool if there was a section specifically for new creators you know what i mean yeah. it'd be cool if twitch had like a new creators uh catalog it'd be cool if 
YouTube had like a new creator section, and like maybe I maybe it does, but I haven't noticed it. But like I said, I think you know finding new creators that kind of fit your vibe more um, definitely needs to start being a focus. Uh, if if a lot of these content uh, networks want to stay interesting and relevant, um, because I mean, like I said, I was I was talking with you earlier today. Like I love Castle Super Beast. I love the best friends. I love their content. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, even I've started to get slightly bored with some of their their podcast stuff. Um, I mean, granted, their podcasts are just super long. So I mean, it's, sometimes it's just I don't have time to listen to it all. Um, but I mean, finding new content creators that you like uh, and you really enjoy their content is I think one of the most fun experiences about this kind of new, you know, amateur, everyone creates media age. Um, yes. Yeah. I, wish, I agree. I really wish discoverability was a, a bigger factor um, in, in coming out with content, because I think what happens is there's a lot of up and tumbling talented creators that never really break through mm-hmm. um, because the upper end of the market is already saturated with established creators. Yeah. It's and really think- tough. And I think also a lot of the established creators aren't really evolving as creators because, you know, again, once the pressure's off them to make new content or to evolve, they don't really evolve in content. So, you, you like, you know, as an audience member, I get kind of bored with a lot of established content creators' content nowadays, too, because they're mm-hmm. not innovating anymore, uh, which is, you know, kind of a bummer from uh, an audience member standpoint. Yeah, Um and but that's what I was saying, like about the YouTube Shorts thing, is that that is a relatively new thing for YouTube. So um, it's it's a way, it's an in, it's an easy in because YouTube will actually promote your shit on there, um, and yeah. they'll they'll actually you know like it being a newer creator. So that's that's why. Like if I if I make a video or a let's play that's like thirty minutes to an hour, right? Uh, I'm I have to promote that myself uh, because it will get no natural eyes on it whatsoever. Whereas if I make a thirty to forty second short, then it actually gets like it'll get it'll get like two thousand views um, or something like that. Like one of the videos got like sixty thousand on YouTube, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, that is actually really good. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas, like, I, if yeah. you if you were to do that on TikTok, you could get like right now. I have like one video that's um, that's like over six hundred thousand views. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's just sort of like it's a different ballpark. Like getting a hundred views on a video is difficult on YouTube. Um, it just and, and I guess what really annoys me is that like. It annoys me that like, yeah, it has to be. I'm not like I'm not saying that. As a, it, it's cool that YouTube helps you with discoverability for shorts, mm-hmm. but like, why can't they help you with discoverability for long form videos? You know what I mean? Um, because as yeah, as you said, like other content, you know, creators have that on lockdown, and um, YouTube, you could YouTube could create better discoverability it's just they I, maybe they have no financial incentive to but as as a viewer like I, that would keep me watching more if i could see more good new up-and-coming creators i don't know i always like new good content yeah but i mean uh, you're right no I, I can see that but uh yes I feel like i understand that youtube wants to not lose market share to tiktok 
I understand that they have a vested interest in growing shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, it'd be cool if they also cleaned up, you know, uh, their legacy kind of VOD content um, so, curation so, as well. So here's how I look at it, right? Is you start off with the short form content. And then over time, as you build like a following, you can slowly make the content longer and longer when you have more people that are willing to watch it. You know what yeah, I mean? I can, I can see that. But I mean, there's a lot of creators that never get out of making short form content. And I mean, maybe that's not a bad thing. But I mean, um, if short term content just turns into just marketing teases, mm-hmm. then I mean, you know, if, if you don't have a product to sell, then at the end of the day, that's not doing anything for you. Um, and by that, I mean, like, it, you know, it, it, the I think the I think we can both agree that most people enjoy producing long form content more than short form content. Um, but it's it's the short form content that obviously drives views the most because I mean obviously people can go through it the most. You know, it's it's basically like a mini ad, but in in fun format. Yeah. Um. um so yeah, it would it would just be nice if like you know I well, the long form content was also you know cared about to the same level. Well, uh, rather than like you know endless endless throwaway clips but i mean th- this is this is speaking from someone who's still in boomer mode and hasn't actually got a tiktok yet so right. what do i know um well i mean i can i can say that like i said it's people who do make that long term that long form content right they are getting pushed out by youtube after a certain point but what do you mean like youtube promotes those people like if oh yeah yeah if you're not if you're under a thousand viewers or thunder mm. thousand subscribers mm. youtube doesn't really help you too much so just making it to like a thousand is very difficult um uh and and so that's why like you know you need some kind of an in which is why like i'm like you know you see that little hole of like oh look short form content that could lead to in the future long form content which is why you know instead of just releasing gameplay footage you know now i've sort of like started to like make videos and stuff like that like edited videos and like you know doing voiceovers or you know um reviews or or because it, it'll eventually it'll lead to you know making hopefully like 30 to 20 minute videos on a on a given subject but it's also like, you know, look at it like it's practice of like, how do you make that? How do you make a video look good? Um, and, you know, what, how to like, you know, practice pacing and stuff. It's like like little mini homework, you know, yeah. to kind of make something bigger. I also think it's it's kind of interesting, but we live in this weird time of like unsure monetization. Like, you know, you can't monetize like... How do I how do I say this? Like uh like for example, like if you are making a video um that you know I, I guess it's always kind of how it's been, but like if you're making a video that's kind of a like an art critique or criticism or uses edited clips or whatever um of video games or other content or other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's that whole, like, what is and isn't fair use copyright law. And, you know, 
that still hasn't really kind of been hashed out well in the U.S. Like, you still have Nintendo sending, like, you know, DMCAs for things that legally they shouldn't be DMCA. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas you still have, like, you know, Twitch content creators getting away with playing, you know, copyrighted music on stream. Um, and, you know, you know, as I said, it a lot of it sometimes is kind of left up to the enforcement of the company. You know, sometimes the company chooses to look the other way. With, like, the whole, like, uh, Gordon Ramsay, you know, uh, Twitch meta. Uh, sometimes the company does, chooses not to look the other day. Like, uh. when Pokimane got banned for, you know, trying to watch Crunchyroll on Twitch. I don't know how she she's thought never that not, fine, but, She's never not going to be permabanned. Well, no, no, she didn't get permabanned. She got, like, suspended for, like, a day. Because, I mean, she's one of their, you know, biggest content creators. It's where the so. money comes from. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, you, like... Twitch isn't gonna like cut off its money supply, you know what I mean? Yeah, like they're gonna, they're obviously it's just gonna be you know they're gonna go to metaphorical Twitch jail, uh, for a week or for a day even. Uh, but yeah, I mean it, we live in this very weird space of like what should and shouldn't be allowed to be used to make profits on, um, and I think that kind of needs to be better hashed out in law, uh, both for uh consumers and uh content creators uh and even rights holders um uh, i as i said i i don't know there needs to be a better balance somewhere um and we need to start looking for what that would be yeah um like i I just saw the other day that uh there's something called like mubrick or or mock brick uh where people will like make their own entire like uh Lego designs, like without the Lego catalog, they oh, boy. are so good at Lego. They like make their own Lego designs, yeah. and then they sell them to you, which is kind of cool. It's like a mini Patreon for like Lego designs. Um, but even that that website had to stop giving out uh like PDFs of the the designs because people were tr- like stealing them and trying to resell them. Uh, so they had to be like, listen, like you can't copy it, but you can look at it while you build it. Um, and it's, 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 it's very interesting as to like, just kind of what the modern economy is in like what paid and paid, what we consider, like what you have to do to be able to be paid for your work. Um, I, I find that whole thing kind of interesting and will continue to be interesting in the future as capitalism continues to grind to a halt, uh, oh boy. because there's nothing else to sell other than NFTs. Uh, my <laughs> NFTs. Literally, my man. Did you hear Ukraine started selling NFTs to like uh, pay for like shit? And, like, bruh, like you know it's bad when like you're trying to buy an NFT for a good cause. <laughs> buy my backlog NFT. Oh my god, do bruh. it! It's it's oh. You can buy it's, August NFTs. It's so nuts, bruh. Like I was, I was. Oh uh, man, I don't. Dude, late stage capitalism is—it's a killing floor, guy. It's nuts. It's pretty it's weird. So nuts. It's well, because I mean, essentially, you have people with so much money mm-hmm. uh, that money doesn't mean any material mean to them, and then you have people with so little money that you know they're struggling to eat or you know get surgery or you know pay for their insulin, otherwise they die, and it's like. Woo, this is getting crazy. Like, uh, I was, what was I reading a story about? I was, I was listening to some story about, uh, like mobile games. And I mean, yeah, it is it. It's, it's not even just that. It's that like some people, like, 
we've turned it into a capitalism that like preys upon stupidity, which I, I mean, I guess money always like, you know, a fool's money is soon parted. I'm not saying uh, th- things are different. I'm just saying that it's gotten more organized and kind of nuts. Like I was reading something about like uh, statistics on uh, the gaming markets today. Right. Uh, and oh, man, I, I wish I could pull that article up. Um, but long story short, um, out of every single gaming market that exists, you know what gaming market makes the most money? Uh, the mobile gaming market? The mobile gaming market! <laughs> yeah. By a lot! <laughs> yeah, by a lot, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I don't, it's too far back in my notes. Um, I mean, yeah, that's why but, yeah. Konami well, stopped yeah. making, that's why Konami stopped making video games. Yeah, okay, here it is. Uh, I'd say I learned within the gaming industry, mobile gaming, excluding advertisements, uh, is worth more than PC gaming. Uh, so the mobile game market is $93.2 billion a year. Yep. PC gaming is only at $37.2 billion a year. And with console gaming combined, that's $50 billion a year. Mobile gaming is worth more than both of them. So mobile gaming is worth more than every conventional form of gaming. It, I mean, it makes sense. You know, everybody has a, everyone has a phone in their pocket. Like that, you know. It's, it's like, not- but like, so yes, it makes sense. But like, let's think about mobile gaming monetization models. Think about what these people are buying. Uh, they're not buying a Dark Souls. They're not buying a big, expansive video game experience. No, most of the time they're just buying more points to continue to be playing the same game they were already playing, but got locked out because they played all the time. Like. Uh, I, I was reading a story in that same thread about a woman who was spending real world like tens of thousands of dollars uh, just to win at a casino game in the game, except the casino game pays out no real money. So she was rich as shit in the game, but she was giving away all her real money to be fake rich. Like something Boy. about that so pathologically preys upon like a little meta. Uh, it, yeah. Well, no, it, it just pay, it preys upon people that have addictive personality disorders, um, as well as other disorders that like play these games because you know, it 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 sends it sends the happy chemicals to their brain, um, and I mean I that's kind of what a lot of capitalism has turned into. Same with like NFTs, man. Like you have people throw around millions of dollars sums of money that could feed like starving families, not just in Africa, but even in your own country. But no, we sell. We need someone needed to sell uh, an exclusive picture of a monkey that is in no way uncopyable. Smoking a cigarette, and uh, here we are. I mean, I just it blows. Like, I'm not saying that like small microtransactions shouldn't be bad. Like, I like some microtransactions. I like that I can go buy like costume packs in Tekken or Street Fighter. Yeah, that's cool. You know, uh, you know, buy uh, buy a couple add-ons, like pit my character out, make it look nice. But like, yo, uh, some of the the mobile game monetization models are just straight up evil, uh, and it's 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 so nuts in that, you know, I mean, for for real gambling where you earn money, there are laws that you have to like print the actual like odds, you have to print the payouts, you have to print how often people can legally win these things and you actually have to stick to them like you get fined if you don't there aren't any such laws in mobile gaming you can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you don't actually have to compensate them in real money 
Um, I think supposedly some people are trying to get better about that, where like you have to actually write the real odds of like some of the gotcha games. But even then, you know, that shit that shit gets changed all the time. There's there's no rules they they have to that they can't change them on you like mid season. So yeah, I mean, dude, it's I don't know, man. Like <laughs> charging people, we're getting to the point where like I feel like it's gonna end up like. Uh, Oh, what is it called? The uh, that Doctor Seuss like Lorax remake, where like we're charging people for air, <laughs> like we're charging people to exist. You know what I mean? Like, did you did you re up your yearly subscription for air? Uh, boy, um, drink, drink your confirmation canister. Drink your confirmation canister. Just like I mean, it, because I don't think capitalism sees any other way forward, and that's kind of its inherent flaw is that. Things have gotten so lopsided, you, you haven't realized that, like, oh, putting shit. money back in the middle is, you know, probably the best way to go about fixing the solution. Right. I don't know. But, uh, anyway, yeah, it's, as I said, man, I, I can't, I, when I saw that thing about mobile gaming, I'm like, really? Like, I, I always suspected that mobile gaming is worth a lot, uh, because, I mean, even if you look at the the mobile game, like, models in console gaming, like FIFA, any of the sports games with, like, the shark cards, uh, shark cards is GTA, but, like, uh, any like the card packs or whatever in the sports, those games make billions of dollars a year just off people buying the fucking uh, loot boxes for 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 cards, like all for random odds of getting their favorite player gold status card, which has you know slightly higher numbers tweaked in the system than other play than other cards and has a lower drop rate. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's the pay to win model, man. Um... Well, it's not even just it's not even just a, a pay to win model. It's that like. When something goes all digital, um, you control not only its existence, but its scarcity. Yep. Uh, so you fundamentally break all of the rules of, of conventional economics because you control its entire existence in, in, this, in this realm of universe. You can make it as scarce or as, you know, unscarce as you want, uh, which means, you know, if you have an economy of people desiring that because somehow you've created desire for it, and there's always desire for something, usually, uh, especially if it's rare um, and people find it, you know, then uh, uh, entertainment is the new economy. Then, brah, you, just, you can print your own dollars. You can essentially, essentially print your own dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Um, but, I mean, I, let me think. What like, I just want to think if there's anything else before I wrap up my week. Um, let's see. I mean... I, posting some new videos on youtube go check that out and uh ba, 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 ba. oh yeah i've been i've been snooping around looking for a house oh cool yeah dude the uh the the rent market i it, so if you're looking to rent then the rent market's out of control if you're looking to buy the buying market's out of control so yes. i can i can definitely see how that's a struggle yeah it's um it, it not everything is you know complete garbage, but uh, you know definitely a lot of it is. Yeah. It's not the best time right now, uh, but you know there are some there are some good deals on on certain houses. But yeah. if you're if you're like a family of four, boy, I feel bad for you. Yeah. Because um, like if you're Dude, no more no more picket fences, not for not unless you're spending a million. Nah, and and so basically, I think the the yep, like 
for what I'm looking at right now, I mean, it's it's affordable, but if if I if like I had a family, like a big family, I would be I would be worried. Um cuz you know, I don't need a lot. I want to I'm not I'm the kind of guy like I want to live below my means and I'm not I'm not too worried about like, you know, having a second you wanna live in a, you want to live in like a sustainable way. I get yeah. That. Yeah. Like I want to live in a house where I can actually save money and I'm not paying more in rent than I would be in my weekly mortgage, you know, or my monthly mortgage. You know what I mean? Um, because it just doesn't make sense. Makes, to, makes sense. To me. Yeah. yeah. Because like, I, and like the thing that's really sad is, living in an apartment is a barrier to buying a house for some people you know what i mean like you are going to be impaired by the amount you're spending on rent to be able to buy a house you know what i mean um and I mean, yeah, that's the the modern economy, man. Like, yeah, like renting has renting has gone up crazy, just like housing prices, and like a lot of people can barely afford to even rent anymore. Um, yeah, no, it's kind of nuts. As I said, like this this country has a couple different housing kind of crises, and they're all kind of coalescing at the same time. I think one of the ones in cities is that they're just not allowing people to build new homes. Yep. Uh, certainly not dense population style homes. And of course, you know, in the modern infrastructure, a lot of jobs are need, you know, dense population centers because that's where the tech is. That's where the infrastructure is. So that's a mess. Um, you know, you, you have people that like, I mean, how you expect your barista not to live on the street if uh, the tech worker in San Francisco can barely afford his apartment? <laughs> yeah, you know what it- I mean? It is, like, it it is no sense. ridiculous, yeah. The wage deprivation or what is it, the wage uh it's the disparity. It's 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 the disparity and also the the market just like price like it's 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 kind of pricing itself out of being a functional market, you know. It's it's optimizing itself out I'm, I'm not gonna say out of existence, but like it, it's it's not even not sustainable, it's that like it's it's destroying the expectations of there always being available housing for people to move into or live in or afford. Because, the American dream. I mean, you know, there's the classic George Carlin about like uh, they only call it a dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. But like it's 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 making that even more hard to reach for most people. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, they they obviously have to start. You know, changing some of these zoning laws and building new homes, but um, you know, as well as like stop allowing a lot of these companies to just invest in homes and hold them because that's that's a big issue too. Yeah, I um, mean, investors, company, corporate investors into housing. Like I know Zillow's Zillow's scheme went kind of tits up, but what there was, was a period there where, where Zillow was actually the like Zillow. You know, the the people that sell the homes, yeah. they were actually the people going around buying up most of the homes oh. uh, because they were going to try to hold them and see if they can make money on them themselves. Yep. Um, it didn't end up working out the way they wanted to, but I mean, if it could have, you know, I it, like, should that, should that be allowed? I don't know. You know, I was, I mean, I was looking at, let, let, 
to you this way. I was looking at this one house, right? It's right down the street from where I'm living right now. It's $225,000 for the house. And it's not even finished. Yep. It's, it's, it's unfinished. You have to buy it as is and then fix it up. Like, yep. talking about missing walls, no flooring, no heating system, fucking yep. nothing. And they yep. want, they they expect you to, and that house has been on sale for like over ten years now, and like the fact that they're still trying to sell it for that amount is insane. Yeah, it's because I mean again, it's because they see other people's houses going for that much, and they're like, "Why aren't we selling ours?" And it's like, "Bruh!" But I mean, as soon as as soon as somebody even puts in an offer that's even halfway close. That justifies, you know, their 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 desire for holding out that long. It's crazy. It's it's we've created a bunch of crazy crazy feedback loops um, in our economy. Um, but not even just that. But uh, I was seeing this really interesting thing the other day uh, about a dot like some. I mean, it was a Twitter post, but essentially like there's also this whole thing about people paying like well over asking price and mm-hmm. still being outbid. Like I was seeing a thing about like a doctor trying to pay a hundred k over asking and still getting outbid, and it's like, bruh, like uh, <laughs> this this new house buying frenzy is is only going to get crazier, uh, yeah. because it's really starting to show the the disparity in the U.S. economy. I mean, you have people with enough disposable income to buy multiple homes that are mm-hmm. just being like, I, they can use it as a passive income source, and then you have the people that are you know trying to on their way up you know, just, just trying to like, you know, break through, uh, buy their first home and they don't even have the money to compete with those other people because those other people already are like, you know, three home level people. <laughs> you know what I yep. mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, like house flipping in general is practically a scam. Uh, and, and like, I'm sure some people do it honestly and yeah. you know, it, but the amount of horror stories that I've seen from people trying to flip a house and then, you know, it they just did a shit job is like more often than not. Which is like uh there's there's like literally a saying like friends don't let friends buy flipped houses. And uh I mean I th- I think it's true. I mean and you, yeah. know, you know, unfortunately, it's because of like HGTV and shit that like people are like, "Well, I can do that myself," and then you know, they go in and they don't realize how actually challenging or difficult it is to make a house, and then they just fuck it up. Yeah, uh, it's a little. I mean, that's an issue right there. Uh, not a lot of people understanding how much goes into you know, home repair nowadays, uh, thinking it's kind of an easy, easy process when it is an intensely skill-based process. They're like, dude, I've um, seen like a hundred episodes of Property Brothers. I can do this shit. Let's go. Yeah, that's the, yeah, absolutely insane. Um, uh, and I mean, even with a YouTube tutorial, you know what I mean? Like, what do you, you think you're going to get it right the first time? Because odds are, you know, to, like I hope you're not tearing down your own walls, or if you do, you know I hope you have the money to fix them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. When sure. you screw up, not not if you screw up. Uh, but, but but at the same time, it's like like you were saying, it's that you know that uh, 
the wage disparity. It's, what am I saying? Like the wage disparity. That's yeah, the, right the, the wealth gaps, yeah. Yeah, the, the wealth wage, gaps. Wage, That's yeah. why people are like, oh, I'm going to save money and do this myself. Which, there have, like I said, there, there have been multiple homes that I've looked at where they're selling them for, like, a high asking price, and they're not even finished. Yep. They just, they, you just got to do it, and it's like, no, that's not... the. Like, I think the only reason that the house down the road is as expensive as it is is because it's in it's in a tourist town so they think they can sell it to somebody i mean as i said a lot of i saw a really funny listing of a house that was legitimately falling apart and i mean granted this this house is posted every year i think it's like a meme house down in new orleans at this point but the house literally looks like one of those houses that like hasn't been lived in in like 20 years like half of the the wood flooring is probably rusted out. There's like visible damage on the outside of the house all everywhere, and they were still asking like I think 150k, if not more. I think oh, it was fuck. actually more, and it was like, bruh. I mean, <laughs> it's ah, uh, you know, it, it, it's yes, the economy is crazy, uh, but like, you know, it, it's one of those combinations of like just two two bad inter intermixings of human psychology because they see other people getting offers yep uh so they're not gonna lower uh but i mean some of these people are desperate to have any money so i mean you know lowering they already own the house like you know they probably already live somewhere else lowering the the value of the sales probably not going to do them any good either so the house will just continue to go unlived in um, um until they, they can get the, the money they want yeah yeah that's and, i mean yeah, Absolutely. it's it's it. The whole thing's a mess. I mean, I see. Well, because like, I wonder what that like. It, part of me, I said, I think we live in an age of broken economics, fundamentally just broken economics, uh, on so many levels. And I think part of that is, uh, the kind of the kind of systematic inequalities and like wealth inequalities we've set up, like the high end scale versus the low end scale. Yep. Um, how how businesses kind of collectively use their their resources to kind of leverage scales uh to make uh profits Mm -hmm. um but also um it's just like uh so during covid i mean covid is a whole another shit show of an issue which i think we could spend an entire podcast talking about and i'd probably want to do a little bit more research first to to try to to try to like make my points with some with some articles to kind of support them and you know Mm -hmm. facts and all those you know should be important stuff they're important stuff actually it should be um but uh just to kind of give you like an an anecdote uh like tons of businesses closed down during covid uh why a lot of reasons Uh, a lot of businesses don't have uh, cash on hand to cover both employees and overhead Mm -hmm. uh, especially when they're not bringing any profits in um, I get that. It makes sense. In a perfect world, I think companies would have a little bit more, you know, just cash, you know, stored away. Um, some of them, a lot of them, some did. Some of the really big ones did. Most of the small ones did it. Um, I think one of the bigger issues is that the government could have stepped in uh, to help companies in a smarter way. But uh, there was no intelligence running at the top. I'll say that. That's, that's as deep as I'm going to go into that for now. Um, uh, some of the state to state probably could have helped better again. You know, I, I think a lot of people weren't used to, it was, it was an unprecedented situation in the modern world 
where we have so many tools, but we we don't necessarily know how to use them the best. Um, and I don't know if the desire was there to use them the best. I will say that. Um, but I, I definitely think a lot of the government should have come in and, and helped businesses in a better way. Certainly a more accountable way. If you know anything about like a lot of the loans that were just given out to people that had no actual businesses and they basically got to keep the money is what it was. Uh, but no, um, there's a movie theater down the street from me that has sat empty because it closed from uh, the beginning of COVID, essentially. Like, I think a month or two into COVID, um, mid-2020, you know, uh, uh, something. Maybe, maybe like, three to six months into 2020. Uh, I guess three months into 2020 was COVID was really popping off in the United States. So it was probably like maybe, you know, three months into deep COVID, probably like July of 2020. Businesses is sat empty. How is the, the, the property owner making any money off that business, uh, off that storefront, off that plaza, mm-hmm. if the business just can sit empty? Well, that plaza like, has been suffering for quite some time, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it, but like, there weren't even the old business in the plaza. Like, there was a buffet there. Like, you you and I both know what we're talking about. Um, but, like, multiple businesses in that plaza closed and have not reopened in any form. Meaning, that's just empty space. That's just empty storefront. And, like, it weirds me out that we live in an economy where, like, empty space isn't, in some, in, in, in some type of way you know, a, a negative loss to your profit. Is it and not even a loss to your profit, but like, isn't it like a negative tax or like it, it, the fact that you can just have an empty business to me should mean if, if not a loss of potential revenue, then like negative money that you're, you're, you're you know, I, I, I there's, I'm, I could be saying this in a better way, but like how, how is it, how is it, how is an empty storefront profitable in any way for you? Um, and I guess profit is like the positive gaining of wealth, but I mean, you would think with the property taxes you have to pay, which is an overhead for you as the mm-hmm. landowner, that would also be a loss of money. So essentially, like you should be on paper, you're losing money every year for that sitting empty. Yet these businesses continue to sit empty, and I'm just wondering, like, what are the economics that that make that make sense? Because to me, you know, I like if I were the development owner, I would take even. Uh, a business that paid me a little bit less to, you know, take that space. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I would be like, work up to this amount and we could talk later than just leaving it empty. But I mean, that's, that's not the, that's not the economy we live in. We live in the empty storefront economy where that business closed down like two years ago and never came back. And like, to me, that's, if that's not a sign of like decay and changing economies and not finding anything to replace it, then I don't know what is. Um, I mean, same thing with all the like empty and closed down shopping malls all across America. Like you would think someone would find a way to use, sell or repurpose that space, but they haven't yet. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the problem is they can't even find people to, you know, make make them a low offer on just doing something with it, you know. And uh, that's I mean, that's probably just like a sad truth about things is. People can't, a lot of people can't afford to start their own business and, you know, go into debt for a gamble uh, when, you know, you have like Walmart or other bigger corporations down the street from your house, you know? And I mean, that's, that is a problem in and of itself. I mean, like, again, by, by not 
letting wages for pretty much anything keep up with uh, inflation, let alone productivity. I mean, I feel like you've destroyed futures of the generational American economy because people don't have money to set aside for, you know, their own entrepreneurial ventures, their own entrepreneurial creations, their own ideas. Or even their own development. Like, say, you know, someone wanted to set aside money to go to school. Uh, Like, on a minimum wage salary? That's not a thing. Like, get some loans, kid. Like, you'd have to to work full-time and then some to pay for school. Go into debt. Yeah. Yeah. Go go into debt just to maybe get a job. The American Um, dream. And, I mean, if you look at... uh, Bruh, it's... Uh, I'm subs- I'm subscribed to the uh, the teacher subreddit and like it blows my mind and I get it that like yes subreddits are in some places where people go to vent but that subreddit is all venting and it's justified venting because these people have bachelor's degrees at the minimum uh, a lot of them even masters right. but they're getting paid not only wages of like just high school diploma level jobs, but they're having to deal with like more bullshit <laughs> than and pretty much anyone from anywhere. Like in any administration, like they're getting shit on by all sides, kids, parents, teachers. And what are they getting out of it? Like a pat on the back. Like so many people like the, 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 te- the, the, the teaching industry in this country is drying up and it's not for lack of desire to go and educate kids. It's that, they realize that in this economy, in this market, in the world we live in nowadays, it's 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 not worth the, the pain and suffering they have to go through. It's just not for, yeah, for, for most teachers. And that's that is that is a nightmare on so many levels because like you're telling me that uh any of the people that are bright and eager to go and educate the next generation to actually like, you know, make them make the world better you know, lead better lives, improve themselves are so turned off by the prospect of actually teaching in modern reality that they don't even want to do it. That's terrible. Like yeah. the, the one people that are actually the, the one crazy group of people that are actually excited to go out there and Im- improve the lives of, of tiny up and coming humans don't even want to do it because the job has turned into a modern hellscape. Dude, that's 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 just bad news. It's just bad news bears. That's 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 bad for the future of the world. I agree. Um, and it, I mean, they're like, it's not even just a matter of not getting paid enough. Um, because I mean, teaching is a full time job. Like, it's like you think all the work they do is like when they're at the school all day. No, wow. like uh, they have to grade papers. They have to set up lesson plans. They have to like, it's they have to do an insane amount of work out of class. Like, it's. It's definitely well more than a 40 hour a week job during the school year. And even not during the school year, bruh, they've deserved the time off for all the bullshit they've had to put up with. But no, they they have a shit salary and continue to have a shit salary. And what's worse is that like numerous studies have come out. I just saw one the other day that literally just said, you know what it takes to improve the quality of teaching in a given school district? Literally just pay them more. Mm-hmm. Because if if people feel like they're fairly compensated for their work, they're willing to work harder. I think that's true in almost every industry, for the most part. But clearly, the teaching industry is suffering now because the compensation isn't there. And to me, that's nuts because it should be one of the most important industries. In, in, in like, it, it, do we not need smart people anymore? I thought we did. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, uh, yeah, man, that's it's always been jacked up and expression that value things. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in in the modern world, it's gotten even more more jacked up. It's you know, I the thing that always kind of made me nervous about kind of the way the way we've treated kind of our our kind of like lazy fair capitalism is that a lot of instances it's just like a race to the bottom. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it was like this, but I mean. It, the the fact remains that it's like if McDonald's can make a cheaper burger um that didn't taste as good but were cheaper, which do you think they would go with? Like they would go with the the burger that was cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um they would go with the cheaper materials. Um, you know, and like is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I don't know. But I mean at at the end of the day, you know, the, as the consumer, you're not getting the best tasting burger. Um, and I mean, if you want an even more relevant example, uh, I guess, you know, uh, we could, we could talk about like planned obsolescence, um, and like the life cycle of, uh, consumer products, bruh. Like it's crazy out there. Like we, we have so much waste and electronic waste and all this other waste of things that should be worth a lot more than they do. I mean, like the fact that you can go to Walmart and buy, uh, what should be a decent laptop specs wise, but has plastic hinges <laughs> that will probably break on you within a year and a half, just speaks to the level of just like not giving a shit we've gotten with our products. Uh, because you have products like even phones, um, and you know how they start slowing down after a while, which is a combination of a couple different things, but you have a product that should last you know five, ten years, but is designed by the company to last half that amount. Um, just because the company is is so desperate for you to buy the next one that you know they're they're basically making the the one you currently have trash before it's it even should be done its life cycle. And you know what happens when it's trash? It just gets tossed into the waste stream, which you know bad for the environment. It you know creates a bunch of unrecoverables. Yada yada. It's it's just a mess, man. Like it's it's just a mess. Like I th- I think the modern LEDs and light bulbs should last. I think another ten years more than they do. But some companies intentionally overvolt them so they last less time. So you buy more light bulbs. Like if that doesn't speak to you as like you know late stage, just like wasteful capitalism. I, I don't know what does. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, so then I, I, okay, so I, but I have an, my next question here yep. is, yep. how was your week, August? <laughs> like an hour in, um, that was okay. Um, I think there's a lot of things that I need to improve on in terms of my own discipline and I'm working on that. Uh, I think this weekend was kind of a recovery weekend, uh, although I, I should have done more more productive stuff myself. Uh, but I set up my new computer chair. Uh, it's a lot more comfy. Um, it's one of those like really nice work from home chairs. So I'm planning and try to get more work done uh, in it. Um, you know, the more like the longer I can sit in the chair, the more work I can do. Cause I certainly don't really get work done, you know, for my bed. I've or, tried it before and it's, it's, it doesn't, doesn't really seem to be a thing. It too, makes too, too tempted to sleep, you know, same, big, same, yep, big, same. So, yeah, happy about that. Um, 
uh, uh, caught the, as I said, I'm still watching a couple TV shows weekly. Um, so I caught up on those. Uh, uh, the new Fresh Prince of Bel Air is really good. Um, as I said, I, I, I'm really surprised it's good, but it's good. It's everything I would have wanted in, uh, a dramatic Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I just hope that, you know, it doesn't lose its steam once it goes into the second season because we got to be coming up on the end of the first season here. Um, and yeah, as I said, I think a lot of shows just have a sophomore slump because, you know, uh, there's that hunger in the first season. There's that passion to tell a, a tight story, mm-hmm. uh, to try to, you know, get people engaged, to try to get people to like and enjoy the show and see what you're, what the, as a creator, you're interested in doing when you make a show. Um, and I think, you know, once a lot of those shows get greenlit for the second season, I'm not saying necessarily the the pressure goes away, but I mean, now you have to tell the next story. Um, and I think it's, 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 it's very hard to, to tell a, a second story and have it live up to a lot of the passion and energy you told from that, that first tight story. Um, uh, as well as, you know, right. Like now that, you know, you're going to get more than one season, you also have to start writing, like you'll get future seasons too. Um, so I think that's a tough balance. Um, you know what I mean? Like when, when there's not a lot of content to judge, uh, media on it's almost easier to judge because you can judge over the the tight amount of content the more episodes you have to judge something over it's a lot harder uh for any product i I challenge anybody to remain that level of consistent like even the world's greatest tv shows have bad episodes it's just how it is um uh you're not gonna hit it out of the park you know 100 out of 100 times that's just not realistic um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's all about trying to balance that. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know if a show that's, that is this traumatic, um, this dialed up on its energy, uh, can maintain that, that tightness, uh, you know, in doing another multiple seasons, uh, unless they, I don't know, maybe like scale some stuff back, maybe add some of the original Fresh Prince's humor and charm, uh, maybe add some more jokes, but, um, I, I mean, I, I do love how dramatic it is, but um, I think that if they want to continue into future seasons, they might have to balance it out by giving it a little bit more levity um, and not making it so serious all the time. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, I, th- I think there's a lot that goes into kind of the theories of, of modern media. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's just kind of mine. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, that's been an enjoyable show. Uh Oh, there's a couple other ones um, that I checked out. Um, uh, we both watched the new Halo uh, first episode, which yeah, that later. was oh boy. Oh no, no. Do you want to talk about it now? Or I mean, yeah, we, let's we, talk, we talk about it. it. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, give me give me one more second. Let me just finish up on week. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, so yeah, there was that. Um, uh, got a new eight bit dough retro controller. Eight bit dough makes the sickest retro controllers. Um, really hyped to start going to play some like. 2D classic games on that. Did you uh, get the ones you get? Did you get the. I did. I got the one with the the purple buttons, the the nice. SNES style Super yeah. Super Nintendo ones. So I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty hyped. Dope pretty controller. Yeah, it is a dope controller. I'm pretty happy to use it. Um, so they had like the Super Famicom, like Japanese one with the multicolored buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, I might if I get another one of those, I might get that one. Um, but like this was the I like. 
the the purple button like Super Nintendo was the American one, so that was the one I grew up with. So mm-hmm. Big I, I felt like that that'd be the most the most honest one for me, uh, most authentic one. But also, it's a great controller; it feels great in your hands. Um, but uh, yeah, um, excited to play some some Clash of the Retro games with that. Um, bought the new KOF fifteen uh, because you inspired me, Hell and everyone yeah. told me it. it Everyone told me it's everything that SF5 wasn't in terms of releasing like a a a, a complex and deep game on release. One hundred percent, I agree. So I mean, even if it's not as popular as Street Fighter, um, which is you know I guess the more popular series, more conventional. I'm on board just because I wanted a mechanically deep game, and even early on, um, even being an amateur level Street Fighter player, I could tell that you know there just wasn't much game there um uh in sf5 that was my biggest frustration is like the more you learned about the game the more disappointed you were that there wasn't enough there wasn't much depth to the mechanics um they started adding that stuff in later of course but i mean i feel like the damage is done uh at that point and of course those are all additional mechanics that wasn't kind of the base level of the game um so yeah i'm I'm really excited to uh step out and try uh ko 15 i i I downloaded that i i'm gonna probably probably try to play the uh the power rangers game too um that should be fun uh i just want to get a little bit back into gaming i haven't really played anything in a while i've been watching stuff on twitch i haven't played anything so i think that'll be fun um and i like now that it's getting nice back out i've realized that if i want to get back in shape i have to do some more outside activities so uh bought some new running shoes a week ago hell yeah Uh, i'm gonna try gonna try to go on at least three runs a week uh starting real soon um if not more uh just because i want to you know drop the pounds get back on and get back in fighting shape get back in like you know tender beach body shape beach body season's coming up you know can't get caught lacking Gotta get a um, photography session going. Exactly. Something. I don't know. But, I mean, hey, man. I, I can't, you know, I, I gotta... Whew! I gotta get I gotta get back out there. So, you gotta, gotta, gotta get back in, get back in fighting shape there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, probably start hitting the gym a little bit more. Uh, exercise a little bit more. Um, try to wake up, be more productive. Um, as well as, you know, try to find the time for entertainment. Uh, as well as productivity. So, you know, trying to Trying to rejuggle those balls. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, what else? Oh, I checked out uh, the two more episodes of HBO's Minx. Um, of course, I say that right after I talk about balls. <laughs> Not Word. awkward at all. Um, it's, man, like, it's I mid. like it. I'm, no, it's not mid. So I really enjoy it, but the. The my biggest problem with the show is that it hasn't broken out of how it writes the characters as kind of caricatures uh mm-hmm. of the idea they're trying to express rather than actually being people. Yeah, they're not like, they're not real people yet. Yeah, it's very frustrating because like I'm like these characters are like almost there, but they're still just characters. You know what I mean? They're still just caricatures. They don't feel authentic to people yet. Um, and I think as we get more episodes, um, we might get that. But I'm I'm starting to realize that it seems like it's more of the strength of the writer, mm-hmm. um, not 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 the actors. Because some of the dialogue is just so effing cheesy, and it's like I like the show. I like it a lot. Uh, but ah, 
I think they could do better. I don't know. I think that the first two episodes have more charm than the second two. Uh, the 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 second two episodes. Um, but as I said, I'm um, it's been fun. Um, and if if I'm looking for something fun to watch, you know, I'm 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 okay with it. Um, Jake Johnson is still hilarious. Uh, uh, and uh, Olivia Lovett Bond, who's the female lead, is again her character is grating, but I think. Uh, it's it's first season her character which is i feel like you know once that character starts to open up and kind of let loose because she's always kind of been like the button down professional type like i think that is her character in a sense like she's always been the type that like was like as a female i have to do better uh than everyone else uh in order to succeed which i totally respect but um it, it like it's also that character that's like never really been out of her shell because of that she hasn't like let loose and been able to kind of become her own person. And I feel like once she starts to do that, she will be a more enjoyable character to watch. But right now she's just, she's a little bit too, you know, she's a little bit too business suit for my taste. Mm. Um, but I think that that's kind of how she's written too. Uh, it just, her, it makes her character annoying as fuck, but I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's intentional. So I, I try not to let it get to me, uh, but it's a fun show. It is, it is, it is, it is legitimately a fun show. Um, I'm more excited for new episodes of uh, the other HBO uh, kind of comedy. I meant comedy, little like comedy biopics, I guess, is what I'm talking about. Because uh, Minx is about the creation of Playgirl. Mm-hmm. Um, the other HBO like history comedy. I don't know. I don't have a word for it. But um, comedy biopic that's coming out right now is called uh, Winning Time, um, which is uh, about the uh 1980s like lakers uh showtime run um it basically kind of the the foundation of the the magic johnson uh lakers basketball team right um and that has been so much fun so far um there's only been three episodes but man it's great um i don't know if i talked about it much last week but uh i think you did uh uh john c Riley uh plays uh Dr. Jerry Buss, who was basically um, the assuming head of the uh, the Lakers at that time, like he was the one that was buying the team at that time. So, like, of course, he's a major part of the story. Um, and of course, John C. Riley, the man, is hilarious. He can do drama. He can do comedy. He's um, even more amazing when he's able to mix the two. So uh, he's great. Um, the actor that plays a young Magic Johnson is great. Um, uh. Pretty much all of the actors are great, but it's just so fucking entertaining, man. <laughs> There's a scene where they uh, they did uh, uh, early on uh, they did the uh, the reference to uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scene from Airplane. I don't know if you've ever seen Airplane. Yeah, I've seen it. But there's, yeah, there's that scene where like he's the pilot of the airplane, and the like kid goes up to him and it's like, "You're not a pilot, you're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar." And, like they did that scene like shot for shot in the uh, actual like, TV show. Oh wow! And it was so entertaining. Oh my god, it was great. Um, I don't know if I read that the actual original directors were on set, like the Smuckers brothers, but like it was funny as fuck because it was it was almost like a shot for shot remake, perfectly of the scene from Airplane. Um, and it's really funny because, like, uh, after he's done acting, like, he goes up and, like, talks to his wife. He's like, I did what you taught me. Like, I, I, I took all your acting notes. And the kid is like, Kareem. The kid walks up to him after and he's like, Kareem, you're just so amazing. Like, can I have an autograph? And he's like, fuck off, kid. <laughs> it's oh, wow. just great. 
It's so funny, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it's it was it's entertaining. I don't know. I said if like HBO comedies are great because you can just throw them on in the background and just laugh your ass off because it's just the, the absurdism of the situations they get into. Um, just great. I don't know. It, like it, as I said, like this is a whole another conversation that maybe we should talk about later. At, we'll talk about it like maybe after we get through Halo, but like. In terms of like who is putting out the best content uh for uh the modern like television uh meta, which is like obviously streaming now. Um I you know, it that is where it is. I, I don't it, you know, some some people still debate new shows on cable, but like a lot of the market has moved over to, you know, uh streaming and like cut the cord and like a lot of networks are focusing on making content that, you know exclusively debuts on streaming basically and hbo by a large margin by an insane margin still putting out the best content um versus anyone else um and it's 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 kind of mind-blowing because i'm like yeah i can say they've 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 they they kind of they they had the model before the model even existed because hbo has always been about content rather than about being a network like, yes, they had an HBO channel, but it was a premium channel, meaning it was always a premium service. You were paying for better content. Like they were always focused on creating the best content to get people to subscribe to them. Like, that's why it was elite TV, um, which is a model that translates even better to the streaming age, because essentially it's the same thing. It's just, you know, in digital format. But like, yeah, no, like HBO has the best writers. They have the best sets. They have the best directors. They have the best cinematographers. Almost everything they put out that is a like an HBO exclusive show is amazing in some way. Like it might not be my type of show, it might not be something I watch, but mind blowing. And yes, maybe that means they have less uh, exclusives per year, but that's not even uh, like. But that's like so. There's there's less content that's exclusively on the HBO channel. Um, but that's not even true because, you know, the genius, like, I'm not going to call them geniuses, but the people who bought up HBO also created HBO Max and bought up all of like Viacom and all the other stuff like that. So like pound for pound, if I was going to have one service right now um, as a streaming platform, I'd have HBO Max because I'm getting all of Cartoon Network's content, all of the Adult Swim content. Uh, pretty much all of Viacom's content, um, a ton of other content, and HBO exclusives just for whatever their subscription is. Whereas on Netflix, I'll get a show that might last a season if I'm lucky, if they don't cancel it, which is my biggest problem with Netflix now because it seems like every new show they have, they cancel because it's not hitting their viewer metrics. When their viewer metrics are spoiled by like shows like Squid Game, when I'm just like, bro, like not every show is going to be a Squid Game. It's like Netflix isn't ready to hear that. I, I don't, man. I I could go on at length, but Netflix is Netflix is pissing me off. Like I, there was a show that I recently started to get into, or I watched back in I guess the earlier winter called Archive Eighty One. I just they just released they just uh, announced that they canceled it last week. It got a season, and it ended on a cliffhanger that was clear leading to another season. Now it'll never get another season. And like that is the story of Netflix, and that it has so many just dead shows on it um, yeah. that they started and didn't want to finish. And it's like, bro, how is how is anyone ever gonna watch? Like, how is anyone gonna care about your future catalog if you don't care about your future catalog? 
Like, if you're not writing in a contract that, like, every author gets three episodes to actually finish a show if you cancel their show, then no one's ever going to want to... No one's ever even going to want to start these shows once they go online and find out they're not finished. You know what I mean? Yep. Or they'll watch the show, find out it's not finished, and then just be pissed and be like, well, I'm never watching another Netflix original again. So, I don't I don't understand where Netflix thinks it's going, man. They, like... that. Uh, they th- they want to be so hands off that to the point that they want to destroy their own content because as soon as they realize it's not making the they're they're like Netflix is turning into the EA of streaming, bro. Like as soon as Whoa. they realize it's not like making the money they want to make, they are so quick to pull the plug. Um, and bruh, that just it destroys so many good shows that at least should have had endings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, uh, oh, looks looks like Quintessence is back in. So, um, I actually need three seconds for a bathroom break, but I'll let him hop in. Um, uh, I will go to the bathroom, and then we can all talk about the uh, uh, Halo show. I too would love to go to the bathroom. So, I, well, oh, okay. I'm, I'm just gonna hit the pause here, and we'll be right back, guys. I mean, do we want to talk about the the Twitch? Okay, we can talk about so it. So we're yeah, it's true. It's true. So we are back. Uh, uh, p- the Backlog Podcast, episode 13. Uh, we have uh, the world's greatest mod back in action. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, basically where me and uh, Mr. Backlog himself left off was we are just about to talk about Halo. Um, and oh. uh, yeah, uh, so you hadn't really, hadn't really missed that. So... Uh, did you have any thoughts? We all watched the uh, first episode of uh, the new Paramount Plus Halo show this afternoon. Well, <clears throat> the action scenes were cool. Action scenes were cool. Uh, I'm not sure great. about our main character. I'm uh, so you, yeah. So, long story short, <clears throat> uh, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers, if you didn't already get that uh, vibe. Um, the uh, writers kind of relied on that classic trope of um, you want to put someone kind of young um, and kind of new to things. Um, introduce new character for audience to relate to. Yes, they, they essentially through, I guess. They essentially wanted an audience proxy uh, character uh, for Master Chief, because naturally you're okay. not going to relate to Master Chief. I hate that trope. Uh, I like it, actually. Um, I don't think you should rely on it for the entire show, which I'm, clearly they won't, but for a first season, that's I'm fine with it. Um, it is said it lets the audience experience the world through the eyes of someone who's also experiencing the world for the first time, so um, it clears up a lot of the hurdles of exposition um, because you wouldn't be explaining to, you know, the, the situation to someone who already knows it, but to someone who's seeing it for the first time, you know, it, it brings a logical way for the writer to explain something to the audience. Um, so, yes, uh, long story short, um, it deals with this teenager um, that was on one of the outer colonies of the UNC that was trying to rebel against the UNSC. Um, and, uh, long story short, um, the Covenant is mining for, uh, an artifact of some kind on that same colony. Uh, the colonists discover the Covenant, and, uh, a slaughter ensues where, uh, apparently plasma weapons are super effective. Who would have known playing Halo? 
Um, uh, people apparently always said they always sucked, but Especially no, man. <laughs> children. <laughs> on 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 bare flesh, uh, it, it's super effective, as the kids say. Uh, yeah, no, that was definitely like I was watching the show going into it. I was expecting kind of like a PG thirteen vibe. Um, I wasn't expected to see like five teenagers get like melted in front of me with like half of their legs like still left over. <laughs> Always pleasantly surprising. Yeah, I was like, oh damn, okay, they're actually really going for it. Like legit, like, and it'd be one thing if it was like the sci-fi vaporization where there's nothing left, but okay. no, there was there was stuff left. <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, it was, it was rough. Uh, so yeah, her her fl- her friends get turned into uh, uh, human goo uh, in front of her while she's running back to the colony. Um, and then the Covenant proceeds to attack the colony. And uh, there's there's one very special scene. Uh, that I'm trying not to spoil, but uh, it involves uh, the Covenant and a ton of children. And um, yeah, yeah, uh, things got realer than I expected them to. <laughs> well, to be fair, we did say spoilers. Talk yes, about whatever we the did. hell you want. I guess. We, we did. I mean, I, I don't want to ruin it for anyone who actually wants to go and watch it, but like, man, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, that was how I knew this was going to be serious. Like, if the rest of the show can keep that tone and not be afraid to do stuff like that, I will be presently surprised almost no matter how it turns out. Um, because I, I, I kind of like shows that aren't afraid to at least take the, the gloves off uh, consequences-wise uh, or, or, you know, or stuff like that. But, um, no, it was cool. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to take the same plot of uh, Halo. Um, but I'm entirely okay with that because, uh, you know, if anyone who's played the games or even hasn't played the games, you pretty much know the plot of Halo. I mean, it was old video game writing. Um, the plot was interesting, but it, you know, it was, it came second or even third to the gameplay. Uh, whereas, you know, this obviously is, is, is film literature. So the plot has to come, you know, uh, first or foremost, more or less, um, so uh, it's going to be a slightly different story, uh, but I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm interested. Um, hopefully, I stay interested. Uh, it's you know, it's supposedly it's the best debuting show for Paramount Plus ever. Uh, that's not saying much because it's Paramount Plus. No one gave no one gave a shit before. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I think it's just riding on curiosity and the franchise name. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of the 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 other you know that's kind of the other bad thing about it is that like you know people have been waiting for a Halo anything um, for how long and I'm like if this like how how long till people are inevitably let down you know what I mean like even if it's good people could be let down um, I don't think people should ever be let down because I mean in the today's modern media world. Like you, you just have to accept that things are going to be adapted in their own way, um, and that's never going to be like, like don't let the yeah, vision in, don't let, yeah, well, don't let the perfect vision in your head be ruined by someone else's vision. Um, you know, always enjoy the thing you want because you enjoyed it. Um, you know, hell, go go out and write your 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 perfect Halo fanfic and distribute it on the red the web because you know if there's if there's a fan out there maybe they'll read it if it's good. You know, you'll get some props. But the point is, is that, like, don't let other people's shitty adaptations of things ruin it for you. Uh, because nowadays, 
I mean, you you can't trust every adaptation to be good. You can't trust every reboot or remake or sequel or requel to be good. Um, you just you you like don't don't consider shit canon that shouldn't be canon. Like to me, I don't want to consider the uh, Star Wars sequels as canon because I think they were trash. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, is it is it canon? Yes. Is it canon in quote unquote reality for now? Yes. But is it canon in my heart? Never. Um, and that's, that's just the way it'll go down. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I've heard that, you know, from a lot of the reviews from people who've seen more of the show, they say it's decent, but it's not great. Um, I'm still going to watch the rest of it and form my own opinion. Uh, but I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I'm okay with that as long as I had fun. Yeah. I mean, or you could be like, like that asshole that's like, yo, uh, Rise of is it what was the last movie? The Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker, yeah, yeah. The Rise of Skywalker was the best Star Wars movie ever. Like, I mean, hey, no, it's, it's not. The, I don't judge other have people. They're yeah. wrong, you know. Opinions. <laughs> yeah, people are like people can have whatever opinion they want. They if that's if that's how he feels sincerely, then I mean, more proud to him. That's how he feels. I just don't agree. It's okay not to agree on things. I don't know where we, where in in human history, we decided that it was we we all had to agree. You know what I mean? Like that's clearly not the case. Everyone has their own tastes. Sure, I mean they're wrong, but still. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can but, whatever you want. Yeah, I don't know how opinion can be wrong, but theirs is somehow. Yeah. They 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 pulled it off. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so <laughs> just dude, the the last Jedi like the arguments between the like was the last Jedi worse than Rise of Skywalker fight will never not be entertainment. Never not be entertaining to me. Personally I don't care because I hate both movies. Uh but oh man, when when people start when people start fighting over that, oh, I enjoy it. Um, there was literally a meme today on, I think, like, our Star Wars that, like, it was that, like, meme of, like, the two people fighting and the one people, like, one person sitting in the chair eating popcorn, and it was, like, Star Wars fans for each of the three labels. <laughs> and that's really how it feels to be a Star Wars fan. I mean, that like, any fandom that's gone on long enough, um, that's popular enough, I would say that's how it feels to be a fan in a lot of it, but, like... Sometimes you just have to like bring a seat down to the picnic and watch your relatives fight because that's that's just how the fandom is. I mean, the bright side though of that is, you know, it makes prequels look a little bit better. It does. It really does. It I does. didn't think it was possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the first shit. episode seven, I I was hyped for. I was like, all right. This is this was pretty good. I like this. I can't wait to see what they do next. There's some parts of it that are like, eh, okay, okay, that's a little weird. There's some weird choices, but okay. And then once eight came, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? And then, and then nine came out, and then it was just like them just backpedaling the movie. And yeah. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, but you you fucked it up. Fucked it up. Nope, you, you already fucked it up. You already fucked it up. Nope. I, yeah, no, I agree. Like, uh, oh man, they, dude, that's, as I said, that's the hubris that comes from like trying to be like smarter. Than, that's the hubris that came from trying to be smarter than they actually were. 
and they're like, we don't need to actually write a trilogy. We'll just re we'll just make each movie in uh, in a trilogy in sequence and hope they fit together. Uh, because that's how the they did the uh, original trilogy. Not realizing that George Lucas was saved from himself by his editors that first time, also. Yeah. And his wife. Like, and his wife. Like, they, they captured lightning in a bottle with those first three movies. Like, do you think if they'd planned those movies out smartly, like, Luke and Leia would have kissed and then found out their brother and sister later? No, it's fucking weird, brah! Like, I'm sure I've said this before on this podcast, but it's like... I bet Han was like, okay, y'all freaks on Tatooine, bruh. Like, not even... It's the Alabama of space. Real talk. Um, but Step Jedi. <laughs> really, um, though? Yeah, I mean... But, God damn. But, like, yeah, like, just idiocy of being smarter than you actually are and, like, not planning out a... Like, a, it's, it's a trilogy. It's supposed to be three parts of a connected story. Like, the fact that they weren't even willing to do that just speaks of just... Oh my God! The overconfidence. Well, I speaking mean, of poor planning, yeah, that too. The Ryan first Johnson. Halo episode, <laughs> poor planning. I mean the the first. I have to first, say it. Yeah, Force Awakens was literally just a, a rip of a New Hope. Like you, you literally stole from yourself. Never steal from yourself. Everyone's gonna recognize it. The only movie I've ever said is okay to steal from yourself is Riddick. And you know why? It's because that movie is so stupid, I'm okay with it stealing from itself. There's nothing to steal from. <laughs> like, Chronicles of... Uh, like, the Riddick movie is literally them just redoing Pitch Black. Uh, but adding some of the 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 the, uh, the stuff from Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, that's a pretty wild take, but sure. I mean, Have you I, ever seen Riddick? Like Riddick three, Riddick three is basically just Pitch Black two, Electric Boogaloo. Well, I don't think. Okay, so so Pitch Black is that that was the name? Elements of it. There's elements of it, but I don't. You trap them on a planet with monsters that are trying to kill them. That's just it's the same plot. Uh, well, he's one of the elements of it. (laughs) They they, I mean, I think it's prisoner can see them. It's definitely like a way more expanded on story, and Riddick as a character is like they take Riddick and he's not just a murderer. Like you know, he's don't get me wrong. There's there's like because it's three movies in, everything is a lot more fleshed out, and the writing is better. Don't get me wrong. There's it's it's I don't think Riddick three is a bad movie. I never said that. I'm just saying that they kind of stole from themselves. Isn't the Chronicles of Riddick the second movie? Yeah, no, no. The third the movie, the third movie, the third movie is called Riddick. Uh, I'm I, talking about the third movie. I have not seen. I don't think I've seen. The, I'm sorry. Okay, so there Pitch you Black go. Black set everything in motion. Yes. yes, it did. I'm thinking of the Chronicles of Riddick. Chronicles of Riddick is great. I like Chronicles of Riddick more than I like. Pitch oh, Black. okay. So Pitch- yeah, then I don't know. I can't comment yeah. on that. All right. My no. Bad. So <laughs> if you don't know the story, uh, Riddick is takes place after the Chronicles of Riddick. And long story short, it's stupid because they pull the same thing that uh, The Force Awakens does, where it's like, okay, reset the clock. How do we recapture the exact same uh, feeling of the the first movie, of A New Hope? So you know what they do is after the Chronicles verdict, after he's legit through trial by death combat, won an entire kingdom of necromongers and people willing to follow him. You know what? happens is uh his second lieutenant which he never should have trusted in the first place because the guy was against him up until the last minute 
betrays him, strands him, and leaves him on another death planet where monsters are trying to kill him. So it's literally just reset the clock. Let's do pitch black again. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, 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 okay, yeah, I'll definitely have to try to check that out sometime. Say it's a bad movie. I, I enjoy it. Uh, Katie Sackhoff's in it. She's a hottie. Always been a hottie. Uh, if you like uh, Battlestar Galactica, the remake, check that out. She's in that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it is it is just it is like it's you know it's copying from your own franchise. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I enjoyed it, but you know, it's again, you know, Riddick is not deep, so it's okay. Star Wars, there's a lot to it, so it's not as okay. They should have just—they should have just committed to writing a new story, which clearly they were afraid to do for whatever reason. I don't know. The people—the people in Hollywood are not gods as much as we revere them to be. So, yo. You know. But my real question about this: How was that Halo first episode? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. You guys, how did how like we know how contestants feels about it? How do you feel about it? Backlog. Do you know how I feel about it? <laughs> I, thought, I thought you said. I thought you were like, it's meh. Oh, no, that was me. But no, go, oh, okay. go, go ahead, Quintessence. Tell, tell us what you Oh, sh- Quintessence has the floor. All Ooh, right. All you. So I've, I feel like what we needed to do or what they needed to do was instead of having like this bombastic like first episode that tries to cover a million things in its runtime we should have had instead like more time with Quan and her friends to kind of like grow that bond as an audience with these characters and like the resistance people so that the slaughtering would have had, you know, more of an emotional effect. Because as it was, it was just like, oh, sweet, people are just dying. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I get and it. And you don't, um, you don't really get any emotional resonance with Quan, who's just like, oh, God, like, all my friends are dead. So what I'm just like, OK, yeah. but I don't care about this character and I don't care yeah. about the characters that die because I don't know them. And oh, there's Master Chief. Yeah. So what I would have done then is I would have like I don't think that would have been worth the whole episode because the, the focus is tight. Um, you want to get to chief. You want to get to the UNSC stuff. Um, what I would have done is that like I would have made a series of shorts um, that appeared before the start of the first episode. And it's like these are the colonists. These are their relationships. Uh, you know, this is Quan's friends kind of get you up to speed and then it would have kind of like built that rapport. Um, but I mean, I, I completely understand why they wanted to kind of like get the whole colonist plot line over within the first like 20 minutes. Might actually even been 15. It was, it it was, like, it was speed kind of read it though. Like it, it did. I, I feel like it could have been a larger part of the first episode. Not like yeah. it, it wouldn't have to be like its own dedicated episode. Right. It just needed like two, three more episodes. so that you could grab Definitely like that two, emotional. Not, not for 50 minute episodes. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, have that emotional end. I think, like, well, yeah, sorry, what were we saying? We got, we got, we got, like, nothing. Like, yeah. it was just a bunch of fancy CGI fighting, which is cool. That was, was cool. cool, but they very clearly blew most of their budget on that because they the rest of the episode was talking. a lot of their budget, holy shit. <laughs> that was, that was, was all for the trailer. 
Like I, I, I bet like ninety ninety nine point nine percent of that episode was like clips for the trailer. And yeah. I expect like the next episode or two to also be a majority talking. After yeah, no, I, I, the I way they burned through their budget. In I'm this not sure. First if, episode, just, just, yeah. just based on that. It is. It is. I've already. Is it? Is it? I've already, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, I've already. I've already read reviews from people that have seen episode two, and it's. It's definitely. I knew it. <laughs> so, I yeah, know they. You got. You got the sense that like probably a good like at least twenty five percent of the budget for the entire show went into that first episode. Like yeah, so definitely. much CG. Holy shit! I mean, it looks cool. Everything. It looks cool as fuck, but. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, no grunts, though, by the way? Yeah. No grunts? I mean, hey, Just elites? Grunts are like the foot soldiers, you know? This was an important artifact. I don't know. Oh, I guess. Uh, But yeah, yeah, no, that, a lot of money, a lot of money was spent on that opening fight scene. It looked cool as fuck, don't get me wrong. It did. It, 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 did. it, it cool. definitely, like, it felt like you were playing the video game, but in movie form. Like, it reminds me of, like, have you ever seen like the original Doom movie with The Rock? Unfortunately, yeah. Remember that like FPS scene they tried to do? <laughs> it's like super cheesy. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. Backlog and I were talking about that. Yeah, we're like, yeah, yeah this... it's just just like playing the game. Yeah, no, this felt like that, but good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this it's felt wild like... to me. They had like all the shield sound effects and guns. Sound yeah, effects they had and stuff like had... that, and then they play like a weird, shitty remix of the Halo theme. And I was yeah, like, oh, yikes, yeah, the, you guys the... couldn't even put yep. up the money for the actual Halo theme. Come on, boys. Yeah, so boys the music, girls, come on. The music could have been better, but they had like all of the weapon sound effects like pulled straight from the game. That sounded yeah. cool as fuck. That did yeah. sound really, really cool. Um, it's just there's... such a weird. Yeah, weird. Just hearing like I expected the Halo theme to play, and then I just got like this weird version of it, the butchered version, I guess I should say, yeah. of it. Left me um, wanting uh, more. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, but as I said, I you know this it's just episode one. Um, you know they 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 might use like you know I think towards the end of the episode, uh, the end of the season when like you know. The music starts to become a real big thing because, uh, of course, in the last couple episodes, you know, they have those real dramatic scenes. Um, we might see some better themes. But yeah, the theme mixed into this episode could have been a lot better. Um, but yeah, uh, I for a first episode of a show, I didn't hate it, though. Like, as I said, I like what would you out of 10? What would you guys give it? Uh, or No, huh? let's let's hear Matt's opinion on it and then we'll we'll get to. Yeah, yeah, let's. Uh oh boy. Uh so Mr. Backlog. Uh I think I I think it was alright. Like obviously the it felt like it was too long. The first half of it was pretty cool, but I mean not for I don't have any like good reason for thinking that it was cool. I just I think it was <laughs> it was fun because of people getting murdered and uh, big explosion make brain happy. He, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and that's that's like just like a horror movie type like surface level enjoyment that I got out of like those kids being murdered, um, especially because it was like so it was not subtle. It was like it happened in an instant. And that's how like things would happen I in expected. real life. Yeah. yeah and and it got real. And like not only that, but the first friend just gets vaporized, and then yeah. the second but his legs are left over, right? 
No, no, no. That yeah, was that was, okay. that was another friend. The friend. Oh, okay, yeah. That, that was like the first one get, gets like vaporized, and that's how she gets blood on her face because they're like having a conversation. And then the other two, like they start running, and one gets like taken out, and then that's the one with the legs. And then, like the other friend gets left behind, uh, and that's you know when she starts shooting out the flare. Um, but yeah, they. Uh, that whole thing was just like, oh no, oh you think these kids are safe? Nah, man. Nah, we, we we're gonna kill these damn kids, and then you know what? Child the- murder simulator. Yeah, and and um, it was just sort of like the same. I got the same feeling as like in that Common Rider episode with the jellyfish, where like, all like at first there's this guy just like jogging down the street, and all of a sudden he gets struck by lightning. And then, like, there's just these, like, shitty C- CGI flames. Um, and and then it's just, like, that satisfaction of, well, I wasn't expecting that. And it was, like, really gory and, and uh, you know, just felt sort of out of place. Um, same thing. Like, and then, you know, obviously they get to the, the base... And then you kind of realize that, like, Master Chief and everyone aren't really, like, the best people. Uh, because, well, other than, you know, not attacking the, uh, the, like, rogue people in that base, they didn't give a shit about, like, having any survivors. Yep. In fact, it was... <laughs> it is readily made apparent to you that the UNSC would have preferred it that way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um like, oh man, the the way uh Master Chief was like, no survivors. And then the girl's like, wait, wait, me. And he's like, scratch that one survivor. It keeps walking. <laughs> yeah, they just leave the girl there to die. And um, you know, it I mean th- that's clearly wasn't their mission. I mean, their mission was clearly to stop the covenant and not help the I mean, granted, like these people are rebels, they're rebelling against them, so mm-hmm. You know, but uh, yeah, it was, oh uh, man, I, yeah, I, I, as I said, a, a not insignificant part of this episode was spent explaining to you how the, the modern political and military climate, uh, the, the UNSC are kind of fucks, because man, <laughs> they were yeah. kind of dicks. Yeah, uh, yeah, they don't, they don't care about anybody but themselves, and it's not like Star Trek where, you know, you have like these people. Well, they're essentially going around with a prime directive and, you know, trying to keep peace uh, at any cost. And it, the, the, you know, basically the, we don't know why that, that, that the NFC, uh, UNFC. Uh, we don't know why they're like that, but I mean, obviously they're probably going to explain that to us as time goes on. Um, and but I mean, and then basically the last half was mostly just talking and politics and, you know, learning just how scummy uh, the military is in this. This story, um, and it really doesn't feel like there is a good guy and they're trying to do the whole like, well, war is very black and white. It's not necessarily like there's Master Chief, the hero we all needed, like, you know, um, yeah. And I, I kind of respect that because I think that was kind of how, how it was illustrated in the games too. It's like the more you find out about Halo War, the more you realize that, you know, the, the whole Spartan program 
that wasn't invented to fight the government. I don't even know if the UNSC knew about the Covenant at that point. Like, they literally invented human killing machines to just kill other humans! <laughs> yeah. Like, they invented these, these, these human, like, monsters that were worth the weight of, like, you know, a hundred, like, as I said, there's a great quote in the episode where, like, it was, like, uh, one Spartan is worth a hundred soldiers. Yep. And it's just, like, dude, you guys are fighting, like, poor, I'm not gonna call them poor farmers, but, like, these people, these Spartans were created to basically just, like, go out and, like, wipe out in, like, any, 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 any opposition, even the smallest, faintest opposition that can never actually hurt the UNSC, uh, on the outer colonies because a long story short, because that like the outer colonies are what supply the UNSC with their main fuel resource. So this, this was all, this was all economics. <laughs> all about oil, man. It was, it was the, the, the space equivalent of oil. It like, it, the, like, and as I said, if you know anything about, um, the foundation of the, the Spartan two program, uh, which is what master chief was from, uh, like it was not a nice program. Like what they did to these kids, and many of them did not survive. To first and foremost, they kidnapped them from their families. Why they kidnapped them from their families, I don't entirely remember. Um, it's been a while since I looked in, in Halo lore. Um, but as I said, they they heavily allude to the fact that like, um, in this episode, something helps awaken some of Chief's memories, and they don't want any of that to happen because then Chief would realize he was essentially stolen as a child from his family to be turned into a super soldier human killing machine, not to fight aliens, but to kill other humans uh, <laughs> on the outer colonies. So yeah. it's actually kind of cool because um, the one thing I actually enjoyed most about this episode is how quickly Chief realizes that he's being fucked with uh, by his superiors. And uh, rather than just be the military man and play his part, he's like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not fucking doing that. And like, it's weird. It's like you were expecting Chief to kind of be, you know, the quintessential soldier in that he follows every order, even the shitty ones. But uh, this Master Chief uh, seems to actually have a personality, which I'm never sure that the Master Chief in the games. I'm not saying he does it. I don't play the games enough, but this one definitely seems that like he's like he's he's a chief that's willing to you know, bend the rules if he thinks he's doing the right thing. Um, which I think the the later games kind of hint at is that, like, you know, he was willing to go out on a bridge to try to save Cortana, even though, you know, she was kind of fucking up um, until she does some real, real fucked up shit. And he realizes, like, bro, I can't even, <laughs> I, you can't, I can't help you anymore. Um, but that's like, you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I think the the Master Chief that's willing to start making his own decisions is way more interesting as a character, um, and I'm 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 very excited that the series is looking to try to explore that. Um, but yeah, uh, so do we want to do uh, ratings? Yeah, let's do. Let's sure. rate it. Oh, oh, we didn't even talk about the biggest part. Okay. Oh. So the biggest part of the first episode, scroll out, throw out the the children killing. Throw out the cool plasma weapons. Throw yep. out the cool sound effects. Yep. Uh, throw out the UNSC fuckery. Shit to talk about. Master Chief takes off his helmet. <laughs> Face reveal. 
practically instantaneously. John Literally. Talk, talk about a letdown. John, Holy yeah. Shit. I don't the, care how he looks. He looks fine. Yeah. But this early? Yeah. yeah that was like an weird. end, of the, end yeah. of the first season kind of reveal thing. Not, Not even the first like, okay. episode. So how much do you guys remember about Mandalorian season one? Because I don't even think he took off his episode in the first episode, did he? Oh, uh, we always Helmet? just got like teased. Yeah, uh, I don't think he turned off his episode in the first album. So this what? show, I don't, I, don't, I don't think the first. This show couldn't even make it more than one episode without him take without uh, yeah. non Halo taking off his helmet there. Whereas, like at least Mando made it to at least I think episode three or episode five. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm pretty disappointed. Um, it's it's not even big, big sad. Yeah, did you have anything to say, Matt? Uh, that's now the face of Master Chief. That's what that's, he looks that's like. That's it. That's what we have. It's uh, so weird. Like it, comic game fans have been waiting for years, like since the first game, which really? would have been what, like two thousand, yeah. to for an image of what Chief's face looks like, and now we have a face, and it's just revealed so anticlimactically. And right? like, it's like a I throwaway. It is. They, kind of, they try to make it kind of like epic, like you know, like all try, John Halo. Yeah. yeah, he takes off his helmet. It like pans up, and it's like da da da. It's like playing music. I'm like, okay, yeah. In the first episode, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a little sus. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I just, as I said, it would have been to me. It would have been funnier if they treated it like a gag, uh, where like they he takes off his helmet in that scene, but it only shows it from the back, like they did in like I think the first game. I think I can't remember which game, but there was one game where like he takes off his helmet and you think you're gonna see his head, but you only see the back of his head. <laughs> like I would have enjoyed that more, but the way they did it in this first episode, I'm just like, we've been waiting for how long? Like this like unless you're gonna do it in like a super epic dramatic scene, this is kind of just a letdown. That was um, supposed to be the scene. And yeah, I was. I you mean, have to I, trust me. I'm not saying that it was like a bad first episode. I actually quite like it. Um, as a first episode alone of a show, I'd probably give it a nine out of ten for just the first episode. Damn. Like I, I'm like I'm not saying like you know overall vibe because overall vibe I might even lower it. But for just a like if if this if I was just to rate a first episode by itself, I'd be like yeah, it might be a nine. But because he's taken off his helmet like that. I got. I got to take off points. <laughs> it's gonna go down. <laughs> you can't just. You can't just sell the the Master Chief face revealed to me like that in the first episode. And not lose points. It's, yeah. it's 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 too much hype. I feel like that's being very generous. But go on. Uh, contestants, what do you rate it, man? All right. So I'm sitting at closer to a six out of ten. Now, this may seem a little bit aggressive compared to your nine. However, no, 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 I no, feel no. like mine's mine's the... a nine, but I'm taking off points for the helmet. So it actually oh, comes wait. down to like uh like it's 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 gonna go down more. I just haven't given my final rating, but what were you oh. saying? Okay, that's awkward. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, so I feel like the dialogue was lazy, shoddy, stilted. It didn't really flow. There was no emotional resonance with the show. The coolest part was like the CGI fighting that they literally can't keep up because of the budget reasons. 
And then, of course, the face reveal all just, like, count heavily against it. Oh, also, the entire existence of Quan in my book is a downside. Gotcha, gotcha. You don't like the the self-insert audience character? I do not like the self-insert audience character. I feel like that's one of the laziest ways to write something. Gotcha. Um... And tell me, there are some lazy lines in this shit. Yeah, the dialogue, I, I kind of agree. The, 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 the dialogue did not seem polished. I will. I was saying like what they were going to say before they said it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, sometimes that's a little annoying. I mean, if you watch a lot of TV, it, it all kind of becomes, it all kinda becomes cookie cutter. But yeah. We couldn't save her, but but she's alive. But she was dead we tried to save her yeah she died so yeah that's he's he's referring to uh if, if you didn't already know he's referring to uh, a scene where basically uh the unsc decides to like uh kill the little girl they saved <laughs> because it's more convenient that she's dead than she's alive you know causing stirring up shit politically yeah. So and they and they give literally like the laziest dialogue for killing her. Like, oh yeah. my god, this is so cliche and trope filled and awful. Oh, it's 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 writing I would expect from like the early two thousand sci fi shows, which is not a compliment. Um, personally, I I give it a, a seven out of ten. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I I kind of agree with both of you. Like, if I were to give it, like, a rating, and this is, like, a rating for how I feel the rest of the season will go, I think the show's going to be a 7 out of 10. Um, and, yeah, I mean, as I said, Quintessa said it perfectly. Essentially, it feels like a, like, mid-2000s, like, kind of cheesy sci-fi show level in terms of writing. But it's got a ridiculously high budget. <laughs> so it's like high budget kinda kinda it's like it's like a high budget cheeseburger. You know what I mean? But like cheeseburgers we made. It's like high budget trash. But it's not trash. But you know what I mean? Like its writing is not gonna live up to the amount of money they're pouring into the effects. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, alright. So real quick, guys. It- is there any other subject that you guys want to cover? Because I'm thinking we should probably wrap up the podcast. Um, do you want to do like a quick video game news rundown? Because I wouldn't mind doing it. But if y'all don't did, want to, did do you guys it, talk about Crunchyroll? We did it. We didn't we did talk not, about anything. No. We literally went on like a, just a me and Matt like life talk about ah. like stuff. So well, if I there's would any like to talk about Crunchyroll, yeah, because they go are off. removing the free simulcast. Go off, King. So, like, before when you were a free member to Crunchyroll, you could, like, wait a week or two, and then you would watch, like, a new episode, a new episode, in quotes, of a currently airing season. That's no longer going to be a thing. They are just wiping that away completely, and now if you don't pay to be a premium member of Crunchyroll, you are just stuck with, like, an old, outdated library of shows. Oh, wow. And you can't even touch the new stuff. I feel like that's kind of a dick move. 
Yeah, and this this comes after them buying Funimation, so now they're like the only game in town either. Right? Pretty much. I mean, there's High Dive still, but I think High Dive's like pretty much exclusively paid content, so. Yeah, that's... They're also, they're also not much of a competitor. Yeah, that's disappointing to me, man. I don't know. We live in this weird age where like monopolies are like accepted. And like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how to fix that problem. Or like their companies are kind of like sidestepping around it. Like, it's not really a monopoly. Look, there's these. And like, oh, that's true. They're, those do exist. Like, we own 90% of the market share, but it's not <laughs> yeah, a monopoly. It's not 100. You understand? Yeah. That's a monopoly. That's, that's literally the argument, though. <laughs> that's what it's become. <laughs> We don't know 100%. We only own 97% of the ISPs in Washington State. We do not have a monopoly. Comcast is fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus. Craziness. Same same energy. It is same energy. But, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. As I said, this makes me sad. Um, so how did the, how did the free tier work before? Like, are you able to watch, like, one free episode as long as it aired that same week? No, uh, so basically, what well, it would go into a hibernation kind of thing. So like, it would air week one, right, and then it would be available like week two or three for you to watch it for free with ads. Oh, so you'd just get it like a week or two later instead. Oh, so you were able to still watch currently running shows though. Exactly. Yes. But now, now you can at all. Correct. Now you can't at all. And you're limited literally to just like their older specific catalog of shows as a free user. Yeah, that that is kind of a bummer. Um, I mean, I get that, you know, companies want to monetize, but I mean, at a certain certain instance, that's also a little anti-consumer because like you have to watch a show to know you like it and you have to watch a show to spread word of mouth about a show. Um, so, I mean, if they want to disincentivize piracy, then I would have said, you know, keeping, you know, at least the currently watching, what being able to watch a current run show was, was should have been a benefit to them because that gets people more hyped up for the next season. Um, but yeah. then again, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know the numbers on how often people go back and rewatch shows. Um, there's a couple animes I've liked enough to rewatch. Some I haven't. So. I don't know. It, it is kind of a bummer. Um, you know what I mean? I definitely think, you know, allowing a lot more people to watch it at, you know, with ads would have been a perfectly good way to to supplement income. But they, they uh, for some reason, they didn't believe that. So, Well, my, yeah. my, my little running theory is that since they are gaining all the Funimation shows as well, they're going to have a lot of, like, currently airing stuff. Like almost all of it, so they probably wanted to like cut down on network costs and stuff like that. Maybe, yeah. Since they're then... gonna have so many more shows that people are gonna be actively watching or wanting to watch. Also, they have basically a monopoly, so they can just force people to pay. It's not like we can do anything about it. Yeah, as I said, I think I think for both reasons, the whole the whole thing's kind of fucked up. But yeah, I mean, I I would have wished that they would have been handled differently. Um, something I don't know. 
But yeah, yeah, that sucks. That sucks. No, straight up, that big, sucks. Big suck, dude. It, it is it is big suck. Yeah. Um, and then they get mad at people for... I'm not saying they shouldn't get mad at people for pirating, but I mean, you know, it, if, the, if the content is out of the hands of most, then, you know, the, yeah, there's... It's yeah. not a surprise when people do that. Um, I mean, as I said, we've 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 talked many times about how it's a lot easier to pay for something than it is to pirate something. But you know, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like we're we're kind of hitting a turning point on piracy in general, because, like, for example, I watch Common Rider. Right, most Common Riders are not available in the U.S. However, some have been slowly being licensed and such. So I can actually pay and watch them. Mm. However, the majority I may have to hit the high seas for. Mm. Well, I used to be fairly protected. However, um, Japan is pushing for reforms and to have more like global licenses. So I wouldn't really be able to as legally acquire the common rider episodes anymore because yeah, it's, it's gonna be weird they would, they would fall under the new rules that they're trying to set there's no guarantee this goes through of course but if it does it could be very problematic for both like anime and like anyone that wants something from japan right yeah and if it's not licensed here it would still technically be licensed it's it's muddy it's muddy at best yeah like in my perfect world, there would always be a small piracy market, but the actual market is consumer friendly enough where that's a better option. Um, and yeah, I mean, now in the, the modern world of trying to like hyper monetize stuff, it seems like a lot of it's moving away from that, uh, which is, you know, a problem on both sides. Uh, because I think it's a lot of times it, yeah, it just it ruins access to good content for a lot of people. Uh, and you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's there's a more consumer friendly way to do it, but who knows? Um, but yeah, that that definitely sucks. Uh, I I definitely I like I love the fact that anime is now mainstream in the U.S. Um, hell, I love the fact that like I don't have to go out and pay, you know, thirty bucks for a three episode DVD. <laughs> Cause that's the way it used to be. Yeah. It used to be ten dollars an episode, man. You mean a VHS? I, I bought a VHS I bought... with two to three episodes on yeah. it. I only bought anime in the DVD days, uh, but yeah, the VHS uh-huh. days were even worse. Um, but yeah, I mean the old like ADV days, you were paying like thirty dollars for three to four episodes. It was crazy. Yeah, it was. It was bad. No, yeah. so you I'm glad you we're pay... way past those. Yep. You'd be paying like ninety to a hundred dollars for a uh, ninety to one hundred twenty dollars for a whole season of a show. It was insane. If you're lucky, um, yeah. If you're lucky, so I'm glad we're past that. Like, depending on how rare the show was, like if it was a popular show, then yeah, you could find it for that was cheap back then. If it was not a popular show, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, you might have had to like import some like weird other region DVDs and like buy another region DVD player. There was there was some crazy shit that went on back then. Oh yeah, um, you would import it from like the Philippines or something because a yeah, lot of times the Philippines actually had like English subtitles on their stuff for yep. some reason. Yep. I think there was a whole like and, uh, region region two DVDs or something like that. Yeah, and, like you had to have like a region two DVD player. 
Yeah. Um, but that was probably the cheapest, unfortunately, somehow. Yeah. So, like, don't get me wrong. Like, the, the digital marketplace works cheaper for anime than how it used to be. Um, but I definitely think it could still be more consumer friendly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's crazy out there. At least we don't now, have to deal with the Funimation player anymore. Yeah, I heard the Funimation player was trash. So there's, there's always a silver lining. Yeah. You know what I'm kind of sad about? I was trying to bring this up to Matt, though. Is like, I'm sad that, you know, someone, some cable, I mean, granted, maybe there's no money in it. Because, I mean, money in cable is going away anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, but, like, I want some, like, channel to bite the bullet and just be the anime channel. <laughs> like, just, I want an anime cable channel. How hard is that? Oh, it's um, been I, attempted. Yeah, it has has it, it been. It's failed every time. Has it? I I never knew anyone even tried. Yeah, yeah, no. I know there was um, like the on demand channels, but I never knew if there was like an actual like anime channel channel. Yeah, there. Well, like uh, here in Washington, for example, mm. we had the international channel, which had anime, and then we also had a dedicated on demand anime channel. Hmm. Which had didn't know that. a bunch of stuff, but yeah. it didn't live very long. And then the international channel eventually just kind of stopped showing anime. So Sad. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, does, any, does anyone miss the whole like? I mean, granted, one of the other things. I mean, uh, we were going to talk about early. Uh, or we prepped for the podcast. I mean, we could push it another week. Was that the uh, 25th anniversary of Toonami was coming up? Uh, oh yeah, it happened. It already happened. Oh, it did already happen. I wasn't. I knew it was happened. coming up. I didn't didn't know it already happened. But um, yeah. I mean, a lot of us grew up in that tsunami era, where like you know, late night Adult Swim, tsunami, um, you know, those channels uh, were the only way we kind of experienced anime in the states uh, that was brought over. Um, you know, it, it ended up being the most popular stuff. But uh. Yeah, I mean, I I loved experiencing anime in that form. Um, I think kind of in the modern age of endless content, um, it's harder to find stuff uh, because, you know, you're not just going to stumble upon it late at night anymore. Uh, Not really, because a lot of people don't even have cable. Um, You kind of have to rely on, like, you know, word of mouth. Um, And if you're dialed into a good news source, sometimes that works, but... Um, I like just being able to like throw on a channel and having something cool pop on. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of a shame to miss that. Yeah, I wish. However, that was... it's amazing how well like the uh, like trailers and stuff for Toonami for animes hold up. Yeah. Like I was watching the their remaster of the Gundam trailer. I'm like, this is still an amazing trailer. Oh yeah, like. <laughs> oh, their so their tsunami bumps were fire, absolutely. And, yeah, like, any the, of the, the adult swim bumps are fire. Good. Adult swim had like the the best late night advertising uh, or uh, just meta programming of any channel. It was it was so funny. It was self referential. It made jokes about itself. Oh. Um, it was it was the perfect one or two a.m. late night content. Pretty good, yeah. Uh, so kids get out of the pool. It's Adult Swim. With that, yeah. with that, guys, uh, I think we should probably move a lot of this stuff over to next week. Uh, for sure, because sure. I, yeah, no, I, I we, yeah, we we don't have we have way too much stuff. Mr. Mr. Backlog's fallen asleep. I fucking oh. am too. Like, 
yeah it, it's it's like i don't want to but fuck is, is it is my body like sleep damn it and i'm like no yeah 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 so um yeah let's let you get some sleep um and you know uh i guess call it uh yeah we can we can push some stuff over next week i mean yeah. all we had was like jojos and a couple other things like that that'd be cool uh, we actually had quite a bit we had a lot yeah did we? I can't remember what else. If we you had. guys were just shooting the shit, yeah, no, we have a lot. We we're just shooting the shit pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, like we didn't talk about the new Witcher game. Oh yeah, we didn't. Well, yeah, and, uh, well, it's because you were fifteen. Yeah, it's because you weren't here. I, I mean, I'm the passionate Witcher guy, right? So, yeah, you're the yeah. only oh, person. Yeah, who gives I was, was going to talk Witcher. about the new uh, the new super massive game they announced, the Quarry. Um, those yeah. are the same guys who made uh, you know Man of Medan. Uh, the one that's eluding my mind right now. What? That's that super famous game. Damn it! Super until dawn. Mad. Yeah, until dawn. Yeah, I love until dawn. Quarry is what the dawn. new one's called. Yeah, the the quarry, the quarry is gonna be their new until dawn, where it's like it's gonna be another like big actor one that's yeah. long, not not just short. Yeah, that's neat. Ones. Um, so I was super excited about that. Um, they have a couple Wait, couple big name actors in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. We can we can talk about that. We can definitely push that till next week. There's a new Ghostbusters, uh, asymmetrical game. Uh, it's not asymmetrical. It looks like it's gonna be kind of more like a Left 4 Dead actually. But I'm excited. But yeah, the more I talk about it, the more I'm cutting content for next week. So yeah, let's let's save all this good stuff for next week. Oh shit! And now the end is near. And so I face the final curtain My friend, I'll say it clear I'll state my case of which I'm certain I've lived a life that's full I've traveled each and every highway Much more than this, I did it my way. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do, and saw it through. Without exception, I planned each charted course, each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this. Blow!